Anyways, we are back, and this week we are. Oh, this okay. This is a tough one because it's gonna look better than it sounds. We are the Backstra Shots. Um, Quentin, how are you doing this evening? What? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to see this written out when we do when we put this up. It's supposed so. to be a combination of back shots and astronauts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, like I got that right. Right, right. But it doesn't make sense when you hear yeah, it. Yeah, but it's gonna like, it'll that, look that better than like, it but, sounds. Yeah, it was like it was like, but why? But like I realized that like no, it's whatever. Let him cook. <laughs> yeah, and we are joined this evening um, by. Uh, I guess I guess now the the leader of the clubhouse for most times being the guest on the podcast Joseph Montecilio. Joseph, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, what's up, colliders? <laughs> <laughs> We're here. We're ready to talk about it. We're talking about the the number one show of the week, Collision. Um, it, it was uh, good. Uh, by the way, was... this is my first time doing a podcast with Joseph sick in a, a long fucking time. Because yeah. usually Joseph is a fill yeah. for me. Which I, pre- which I appreciate. But yeah, this is my first time uh, podcasting with my oldest son in a, in a while. That's true. And it, yes. it feels like it, I, I have felt the energy revive from Quentin this year. He has, he's, he's spreadsheeting and everything, watching shit I haven't seen. It's like, it's like I just joined the Slack again. Uh, I'm tr- I'm tr- watching I'm, shit. I keep, I keep saying it. Like, <laughs> I, keep, I keep explaining this to you guys. It's like, watching everything that you liked in wrestling just fucking die while like there's a worldwide cri- wor- worldwide yes. crisis happening at the same time and like whatever personal shit I had going on too like my brain just broke and like wrestling just happened to be the thing that like if we weren't rec- if we weren't covering it here I just was yeah just out the window you know like why are you going to focus on 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 that when there's no reason to i was trying to push it to keep the you know keep the podcast alive as much as i could especially because i felt bad because of the network but now i can like probably ease off the gas a little bit because we got the uh the website you know there's new revitalized energy on the website um but uh joseph (laughs) you mentioned watching wrestling from around the world watching wrestling that nobody's seen um yeah yeah um that is (laughs) one thing that uh, like it sparked something in my head for a second i think you know i just i get i got so annoyed hearing (laughs) fuck it why do i act like i I can't just come out and say the things i say like the the voices of wrestling fucking joe lanza guy (laughs) bragging about being the podcast talking about wrestling (laughs) Talking about more wrestling from around the world. What other wrestling podcast has ever done that? I don't know. Maybe the guy who did a podcast that was called Indies and International for 10 fucking years. Maybe the guy who talks about wrestling from Taiwan, the Philippines, <laughs> South America. Maybe the guy who's been doing fucking wrestling podcasts for as long as them and has been talking about all of this shit for just as fucking long. It's like that was driving me crazy. And I was I didn't even care. It wouldn't have even mattered. But fucking Jay <laughs> like dm'd me about it some i don't even think it was jay somebody dm me about it and they're like it's so funny like that he's talking about this and that and i'm like yeah you want to talk about that i want to talk about this and i just got really mad but yeah like if you really want to hear someone who talks about this stuff and doesn't just fly in every now and then to talk about a random one match 
from Will Ospreay when he shows up in Spain or whatever. And you want to talk about the people who were talking about White Wolf before anyone else when people were talking about White Wolf, like when they were just a tag team in WXW. Then you can like come to this podcast, right? Violent People, where we actually talk about wrestling from around the world. Anyways. Do you think they should have do you think they should have won tonight? No, they should have no. lost. What? <laughs> they should have both been fucking Ooh. beheaded, decapitated, and murdered. Who is yeah. who is trying to get Esfinghe and Star Jr. to beat uh, Moxley? Brother. Come on. So we weren't recording, but like a, In... a little like backstage, like you know, behind the curtain thing is uh Joseph is a collider, obviously. So him yes. like was sending the Zoom link up and everything, thinking that, oh yeah, we're gonna record at nine Eastern time. No. Joseph, that, that's that's second hour. That's the second hour of collision. Right. That's guess. right. Or in my case, the start of astronauts versus Bailey and Gresham. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. No. Yeah. So before, so before we like, I, we thought we were going to record. So we just had a whole big discussion uh, about uh, Esfinghe and Star Junior, and people being like, "Oh, the CMLO guys are losing," which is like, that's true. Yeah. This 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 rampage erasure erasure for sure. Rant, they, that like, is also yeah yeah. That, that is ramp the erasing rampage, and also erasing the context of one how the CM, how how the BCC guys won the two big matches, and most importantly, is that doesn't know who the fuck Star Junior and his feet are. <laughs> you yeah. have no clue who these two guys are. <laughs> you are complaining about them losing to John Moxley. In fucking Claudio Castagnoli, like I I get it. This is about the exposure, and like maybe you think that like they should have all the luchadors come up. They're not all on the same. They're not all on the same level. They're, they're not. not. Mystico, Volador, Mascara Dorada, Echicero are a totally different world than the fucking Esfinhades in Star Juniors of the world. By that point, we're talking about fucking like you could replace them a fucking Niebla, Niebla Roja, and Polvora or some shit. And it's the same fucking thing. And like, they're only here this week because everyone else is in Japan. Like, all yeah. the actual stars are in Japan. Yeah, it was just so funny. I'm like, dude, like, if you're complaining about Esfinghe losing a goddamn match, which I like both of these guys, by the way. I like Esfinghe and Star Jr. Yeah, they're good. If you're complaining about Esfinghe and Star Jr. losing to John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli, you are a fucking nerd. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like, there's, like, no, like, nicer way to put that. Yeah. Like, you, it's fuck off. what the fuck you're talking about. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's lost posts. Like, are, are these the, are these same people complaining when fucking Yuta drops a fall? Like, I don't think so. Right? The, these are the guys on the team that are meant to fucking lose. That's why they brought them over. Um, yeah. Now, if Mystico, you know, <laughs> Mystico drops a fall to... I can't even pick somebody out of BCC that would be it would be crazy for him to lose to though because you're talking about them losing to the top fucking guys in the company, right? In the like, world, yeah. I mean, top guys in the world for sure. Yeah, that, I mean, Jesus Christ, who? What? Oh no! <laughs> like mystical Is John Moxley and Claudio to... I'm sorry. Yeah, you want me to watch John Moxley lose to Espinhe? <laughs> fucking kidding me <laughs> it's bad this enough i can't seeing... even beat cav That's he can't what... <laughs> even beat Cavernario, and Cavernario isn't even like a top central guy in cmll right now it's it's Fine might not beat guerrero maya like i'm not sure like <laughs> like that's like that might be a toss-up like 
I don't know what we're well, doing. Well, that's another part about it. Like <laughs> CMLL, you have to wrestle for 13 years before you start winning matches. That's true also. God damn. Yes. Yeah. Just... But by the time you win a belt, you'll never lose it for like five years. Yeah, God Right, damn. exactly. Yeah. It was just like the funniest thing. Because like I'm not watching Collision. Like I wasn't watching it. I wasn't watching this week. And then just so funny to like go on Twitter and see this, I'm like, wait, no, there be there can't actually be people who are like feeling the way about is Fiendhei and Star Junior losing a match. They're, no, that can't be possible. There's no <laughs> they way can't this be is upset thing. about this. And like, lo and behold, this was a thing. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's people wild, will find but a way. Collision was good today, I will say. Yeah, people will find a way to be upset about. It's been good for a few AEW weeks now. Point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, last week's was yeah, great. Yeah, that's just this sort of how it goes. Good. That's the cycle of these things. Yeah, I was excited when Quentin gave it away because when I thought it was over an hour ago, an hour early, uh, we popped in and I I was checking out what was going on on Collision <laughs> at that point, and I was excited to talk to you about uh, about <laughs> Brody Brody King and um, oh God, now I forgot who he was wrestling. Ah, but uh, whoever it was getting stabbed in the head. Mark Briscoe, yes, and him getting punctured and stabbed in the head, and they were there was something that the the commentary, I think it was Kevin Kelly, kept saying he's been punctured, he's been punctured, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, it sounds so fucking stupid, man. Like, ah, uh, can, can, uh, yeah. can we just say he got stabbed? Yeah, like, he did get stabbed in all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but he got punctured. He's been punctured. I'm like, come on, man, that doesn't that sounds what so a weird. blade job though. What a blade oh, oh, job. Oh yeah, the blood like... was neat. Yeah, for like two minutes of tv mark was gushing <laughs> I, I want i would i would like also like to say like tell me jimmy jacobs is involved in the creative team yeah. in the company without telling me <laughs> yeah exactly you got the gold julia's ramming the golden spike into mark briscoe's head yeah uh, lady associated with creepy stable uses a spike on a briscoe who yeah. who must oh. be booking? Oh. <laughs> all we need is someone all we need is a Tyler Black wearing all white again. Um bring back the and, MAGA butcher. Oh hell yes. Oh god damn it. Oh no, not that guy. Um I was like, okay, when Quentin said that we might do the top 50 for last year, I was like, okay, I messaged like the real deep dark sickos that I'm in like uh chats with, and I was like, okay. Can you guys tell me what Drake Younger and MAGA Butcher matches I have to watch? Because they might end up making the top 50 based on <laughs> just because they're fucking there's such freaks that they might actually have a case, you know, so it's like just OK, I have to watch it just to be fair, you know, but luckily I didn't ever end up watching any of that junk. Um, but speaking of not junk, <laughs> actually kind of junk, the uh, the the namesake of the episode and the part of the reason why Quentin almost was going to be on late or we were going to push it late, except for the fact that I don't know how time works. Jersey Jacob night one. It sounds like uh, Joseph, did you were you watching night two live here this evening? I was I was literally just waiting for the astronauts tag. Okay. I had both the screens up and Jersey J was totally muted until I saw Bailey and Gresham come out. Okay, well, I actually watched the entire night one um, because Why? again, I'm a freak. <laughs> because I'm a freak. Because well, I'm yeah, an what, absolute what, what sicko on, freak. <laughs> um, okay, but here's the thing: I will say that I do not regret it for the most part. Um, Marcus yeah. Mathers has gotten solid; like he's 
actually much better than I ever thought he would be based on when I first saw him early on because he used to be like the punchline. I would use him as a joke because people would talk about the fucking the H2 Academy and be like, what is the H2 Academy? Like, why does it exist? Blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, well, their standout is Marcus Mathers, right? And it's like, Jesus Christ, like that's the best that they can do. But he has actually gotten okay. And him and Nick Wayne had a pretty solid match. I'm not saying that it's good, but it was like, it was decent. It was not like terrible. Um, Joseph, were you the one that I saw say that uh, Deppin and Mikowski wasn't very good? Yeah, I didn't care for it much at all. That one okay. I did catch, and I just yeah. I I've liked them both in the past, and this this did nothing for me really. Yeah, I got through about the first half of it, and I was like, oh, I'm so excited to call Joseph an idiot because this match is good. But then, yeah, it like really kind of fell apart, and like <laughs> I started to realize that the problem was Deppin, and I hate to say that because you know, friend of a friend and all that and stuff, but like he's just. I'm not in a bad way, but he's just he's getting older. You can tell like he's moving on from everything. He's not in the shape that he was before. He clearly like tries to lean on a lot more of the character stuff and can't quite go at the level that he used to. And that's fine, especially for a guy his age with the injuries that he's had and all this and that. But like, you know, he's just he's not looking to have like a match of the year. He's not looking to do like the Maccabi Deppin thing anymore. No, he's just yeah. looking to like kind of be there. And Mikowski, I thought was great. Honestly, I thought it was a really solid Mikowski performance. So, yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to, to call Joseph an idiot for not liking this. Um, anyways, after that, nothing worth talking about until Gresham and uh, Alec Price. I would definitely recommend people check that out. Alec Price has become really good. It was funny to see Gresham in there working over uh, Alec Price because Alec Price is like the. Um, the like separation of separation, you know, doesn't even remember what the, the floating signifier means guy who's wearing the shoulder strap that is like stolen from Chris Brooks and Chris Brooks obviously was, you know, the, the original CCK with, uh, with Chris, I guess. Yeah. The original CCK with, with Grisham. Right. So it's like, <laughs> this is like this weird thing where it's like this connection, this floating signifier that doesn't even connect anymore back to what it used to mean. And he's going up against like, uh, the guy who was part of the original, like the, the original adaptation of it. Um, so I just, I found that that was like a dumb little sub narrative in my head that I found funny, but actually the match itself was pretty good. Um, and I think that Alex price is actually good now, even though a lot of people probably still just remember him from them, not liking him, but he was a guy that I was into early on in limitless, um, continued to think that he's gotten pretty good and has just gotten better and better. And really at this point is now like Pretty much like, and this is, you know, damning with faint praise, but pretty much like the top indie guy is definitely like a role that he fills. Like, you know, I, 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 there's definitely wrestlers who I think are better or I appreciate more, but he's not necessarily like crazy to be just be seen as the top indie guy, I guess I would say. Um, and then obviously there's like a dumb scramble that who cares about Myron Reed, TJ Miller looked good or TJ Miller, TJ Crawford looked good in it. Uh, Jack Cartwheel's a guy who, again, I'm, I'm over the moon with. I think that he definitely needs to get uh, noticed more and more. Actually, TJ Crawford is not in this match. Cole Radrick is in this match. Um, and some guy that was, they were calling danger, danger, man, danger, something, which was not Mr. Danger, danger Kid, Mr. Danger. And he yeah. was not Chris Danger. Person? Or danger yeah, that's kid. just his ring name. Yeah. That's, that's not even a nickname. Danger. That's the ring name. Yeah. That's, just, that's, that's, just just a, that's just a guy named Mr. Yeah. Danger. Yeah. 
Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> and Billy Starks. Billy Starks and Myron Reed looked good at times. The rest of the match was worth skipping. And then the only match that's really worth watching on the show, uh, Violence is Forever versus the Astronauts. Joseph, I think you were low on it. Quentin, I think you were also low on it. Um, I might be higher than you guys, but I also just might be more positive than I am necessarily high on the match. But I'd like to hear, Joseph, what's your take on the match? I, I thought it was still great. I think it could be better, but I thought it was great. Like that violence in forever violence is forever in GCW hasn't felt right. Uh, like nothing they've been doing has really hit the sort of high bar they've set in the past. And this was the first time they felt actually like challenged again since, since wrestling the workhorsemen last year. And I thought it was great. I thought everything was landing. I don't know what it is about GCW production, whether it's the wrestlers not hitting as hard or the production just not catching it. But usually I can't hear shit that's happening in the ring. And I heard fucking 90% of the strikes that were landing in this. And that's really all I really needed from this match was them being absolute sickos to each other and beating the shit out of each other. And that was great. Um, I love that they did like a non-traditional-ish finish where Garini just headbutts Abe to death. Good stuff. Like, that's a nice little revenge yeah. thing for Abe busting open coup in Germany. It, it, I thought it was a great match, but I can see the space where they can do more. I liked the finish as well, and I, I agree with what you're saying there. I think the commentary kind of fucked up the finish, but whatever. Um, but, Quentin, what did you think about the, the match as well? I thought it was good. I For me... I understand it as a introduction to the astronauts thing. So like in order to just like, I think make sure you like fully got the fully get the crowd and uh, like, you know, uh, get the crowd on your side. I understand doing a little bit more of like the cutesy Astro stuff and kind of like leaning into more of like the Abe stuff and even, even getting like Nomura in on it too. And like having like a nice fun dream match feel to it. For the for, for portions, but the way it was structured and uh, paced and everything like that, I don't know. It just it didn't it didn't really grab me. Like it's still ast- it's still astronauts and it's still violence forever. So like it's like the floor for that mat for a match like that is like really high. So I still think it's a good match, but the way they approached it just isn't really what I wanted. I understand like the first time in like first time in America dream match sort of thing that they're going for here that like just happens with stuff like this but it just it didn't get to where I wanted it at and like really didn't get there until the finish where like you're getting like the uh Dom headbutts to Abe or whatever which is great and I love that finish a lot but I think for most of the match I just wasn't super interested in it and that sucks because that is four of the best wrestlers in the world right now and it could be like an expectations thing, but they went the way they went about the match. I just wasn't super into it for most of it, honestly. Yeah, I think I end up somewhere in between both of you, which is kind of why I wanted you to both talk about it so that I could kind of have my have the space to 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 counterpoint both like opinions, which is that I think that this was a tale of of two matches, really, from the beginning to the end. And I think that that's a big part of why I can understand loving it and then why i can also understand not loving it um because i feel like on paper even myself going into it i expected a really evenly balanced matchup where you've got 
Dom versus Namora and Ku versus Abe. And I talked about it on the Fighting Detectives show where we've kind of gotten to the point where Abe and Namora are like almost complete equals to where, or at least they can come across that way really naturally, where it doesn't feel like a big man, little man team. Um, whereas still to this point, I think that Violence is Forever kind of still does feel like a big man, little man team, even if they're both ass kickers. And I think that they came in here and you could kind of tell for the first half of the match, they were presenting a big man, little te man team taking on another big man, little man team. Um, and then once they got in there, you saw that like Nomura was not at the level of Dom. So like the the tank of of astronauts was not at the same level as the tank of Violence is Forever. And then it was like even, you know, it was the same kind of level where it was like once it was Abe and Ku, it's like they are not at the same level either. Like, unfortunately, Abe is just smaller and doesn't come across as at the same like level physically as even Ku does. So you kind of end up where like they needed to like mix it up. And then when you started to have like the the time where you had the evenly matched segments of the of the match were when it was Ku versus Namora and it felt like they had like came in with the idea that it was going to be the other way where it was going to be the tanks versus the tanks and the little men little men versus the little men right and that was going to be kind of the story of the match and it didn't make sense until they seemed to pivot in the middle of the match and realize like it just doesn't work that way um you could even almost kind of tell early on because the match opens up with Namora and and Dom that Dom kind of got it because when they first started grappling between Dom and Nomura, like you could see that Dom was in some ways like kind of trying to give extra to Nomura, but it just didn't come across like believable. And it just felt like Dom was like letting him just do moves to him. And then by the end of the match, you've got Ku deadlift German suplexing Nomura out of the out of the uh, the arm hold that he's doing to Dom he's like deadlift Germans him up so it's like okay like now they're getting they're getting this where it's just like violence is forever is just the bigger badass team and they should have just worked it as the dominant bullies from the beginning but they were kind of trying to do a dream tag team we're all equals kind of thing but it would have made more sense to have done big bullies versus underdogs and then like I said by the end of the match we get there because you've got the deadlift German you've got Dom double German suplexing both members of the team at the same, I guess, I guess technically it would be like a Saito suplex. He Saito suplexes both guys at once. Like uh, by the end of it, you see violence is forever realizes. No, we're like, we're the beasts. We have to take the, the role of being more dominant here and not like present this as an equal fight. Um, so I, that's why I say like, I can definitely see like, okay, this match wasn't very good because these guys just re really didn't deliver, but eventually they got there. And then also saying like, no, it's a really, it's a good match because it did eventually get there. You know, it's kind of my theory of like, if, you know, if 50% of a match is bad, then it's bad or whatever. And I wouldn't even say that it's bad because there's still tons to like here, but it just felt like it took them a while to get there. And that's why I'm excited to hopefully see a rematch between them because now it seems like they understand what they need to do. Right. And they need, if they just came at it already knowing what they're doing and they don't have to figure out, figure it out midway through the match then hopefully we can just get a, you know, the whole match is great. That was kind of my um, my takeaway from it. It's weird to say, because, like, it's still violence is forever in Astronauts, so there's a level of violence there that, like, you just, is makes it, like, way more violent than, like, 90% of matches that happen. But it's also, like, still really subdued, mostly, I think. And, like, 
even though like you're like you can hear the strikes, which like I think is a testament to how hard they actually were hitting each other. That like they are translating through like GCW production, which at times can be hard to uh, translate the same impact of the moves through. That it for me, it still felt a little subdued, and that's why I probably do want to see them wrestle again because I, I I don't know, man. This fucking astronauts and mouses forever like hit each other like i'm 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 here for like elbows to the fucking jaw that like trans that translate that i know Koo and dom and abe and nomura can all take these are all guys who work that way and like working that way and love that style so i think i i, I like the dream match thing that they were sort of going for i'm not mad at it i can understand why they did it but you know, hope, hopefully, I can enjoy it more if they get a, if they get a second second crack at it. Yeah. Joseph, do you have any parting parting thoughts on the on the match and everything else? Yeah, I think I just sort of I think I came away from it more positive um, because it was so short that they just sort of just crash into each other. These two forces. Um, one of my complaints about Violence Is Forever's recent work is that they. They're never given the time to just do a heat segment. I just, I want it so bad. I want it so bad for them to just have the time to bully someone. Um, but they always do sort of have to rush to get to like when everything breaks down and everyone's hitting the moves. And I think here at least it felt more justified given like Astronauts' reputation from Japan and everything where it, it, it was at least with a team who's on their level. So that's sure. sort of why I came away with it more positive. Yeah, and and kind of the stuff that I talked about there, where it just it felt it felt like it was not ne- necessarily a natural like they should just be presented as equals thing, is like also a match. Obviously, no one's seen it but me. I think it's on it's on YouTube for free or whatever. But like the West Coast Wrecking Crew versus Violence of Forever match, like they kind of did a very similar thing as this, or at least the first half of this, where it was like presented as equals dream match situation, and it just felt more natural with those two teams just because of the size and and kind of the way that their offense looked equal and this like i said just didn't and maybe that's part of it too like quentin said it's just the production like it just all right well hold on though hold on though i'm looking at it on twitter right now astronauts are confirmed for the collective yes in april so no reason they can't just run it back again like who else are you gonna run against the astronaut are are we finally getting astronauts bussy or something. We need it. We're, we're, we're going to get Aston, astronauts versus Cole Radrick and Alec Price or some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, 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 which could, like, maybe, maybe, <laughs> that maybe that could be no. good. But <laughs> no. I don't trust these fucking people. Just, wow. just run it back. It's the easiest thing in the world. I need it. Sure is. Okay. It's no. so easy. It really is. There's no one else. There well, is Joseph, no one else. We're working on it. We're working on it, Joseph. We're trying to make it happen, okay? How, so um, are, you, are you are you telling me that in 2024 you don't want Takuya Nomura and Nick Gage interactions? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched a Nick Gage match in like a year, I think. <laughs> I want, here's the thing: are you? I didn't, know, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he still was wrestling. Like I like I like GCW was so out of mind for me. I in my head, Nick Gage was done. I, I didn't know he was still wrestling. <laughs> you know the fact that you just said it now. Actually, they might genuinely book them against Gage and Maki Ito. Oh, that's like a thing they could do. Maki Death Kill. 
Um, no, no, no. What they'll really do is that they will book the astronauts versus Cruel and the Killdozer. That's what you're gonna why, get. Why does half of it have to be good? <laughs> Killdozer's Killdozer's good. Okay, that's uh, a fair. I mean, that's a, that is a fair point. That is a uh, fair. Point. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold, I mean, he was good. He was good before he. Killdozer is like retirement gimmick, right? Like, like we everyone gets that. Like, I posted that somewhere, but I was just like, when before he started the Killdozer thing, he was teasing his second retirement, and then instead of retiring, he's doing this fake gimmick where he barely wrestles. So, like, like uh, I don't understand how people don't get that, but they're like, man, he's so sick. I'm like, no, man, like this is like a half ass. I'm put on a mask and I call myself something else so that I don't tarnish my reputation of actually being a good wrestler. Um, speaking of that, Quentin, you know, there's a lot of people who are defending cruel in the, in the mentions, in the, in the discords. They're saying, why does Quentin think cruel is bad? He's actually good. Um, he's not, <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. Okay. We got Joseph on record agreeing, but here's the thing. All of these people who are so pro cruel and they love him so much, you know what they won't do? They won't give credit to the man who invented cruel. And they will not give credit to the company where Cruel initially thrived because Cruel was just a knockoff indie version of Mads Kruger that is from true. MLW. That is and true. no one will talk about how Court Bauer invented Cruel and how he was doing this fucking thing in MLW. And the reason why I bring it up is because Mads Kruger has returned to MLW. So if all of you people who love Cruel so much think he's so great. I want to hear you guys watching MLW because I'm watching it and I'm seeing that there's good wrestling going on in MLW, but the rest of you aren't, but you love cruel so much. And he came from MLW. They invented him there. That was where this whole thing came from. Why wouldn't you give the rest of the promotion a chance and see if maybe they're really cooking? If they're really, if, if cruel is so good, maybe MLW is really cooking, man. They got Josh Bishop. They got plenty of good wrestlers. They got Alex Kane. They got, you know, world champion, king of the uh, leader of the bread club, Satoshi Kojima. You guys should be watching MLW if you love Cruel so much. To anyone that is because these people have not been in my mentions or adding me in any regard. So, I, so these could be fictional people. But <laughs> I just, so I just want to say. For the record and for the final time. Cruel. Logan Creed. Mads Kruger, whatever name that you want to use, has never been a good wrestler at any point in his entire life. I've watched him so many times. You know who was watching <laughs> all those Southern indie matches before you had a mask on? It was me. I was, I, was, I, was, I was watching them. I was watching those matches. I saw them. I've seen him wrestle. He's not good. And because you put him in a fucking mask and let him do his little Mil Muertes impression does not mean that he is good. He fucking stinks. And again, this could just be fictional people and Tim saying things to wind me up. But in case you're a real person, he fucking stinks. And I'm sorry that you are easily tricked by a guy doing a Mil Muertes impression. <laughs> hey, you know what? Not going to argue with him. Not going to argue with him, you know? Um, oh, man. 
Cruel really only, does uh, suck. He does. He's not he good. It's not... He sucks. Like <laughs> I've tried. I have tried. I really did try. I did. Because everyone was getting behind it. And I was just like, am I just insane? Am I insane that everyone's getting crazy for the, <laughs> the monster who can't throw a punch? He can't throw a punch. Look, look. Uh, you, have, yeah. you have to. Like, Tim can verify this. How, how long have I said Logan Creed fucking sucks? How long have I said this? <laughs> Yes, since the I mean, as long as he's we've watched him, which is a very long time right. at this point. All right, like, I just, like, yeah, not not I'm not doing this. Matter of fact, I'm not spending any more time fucking talking about Logan. No, nope, we're done. Irrational um, yeah, versus Yukio Sakaguchi. That was um, it. I was gonna jump to that next, but what I was gonna say, <laughs> if you really want to see, if you really love Cruel and you want to see him and all this and that, and like I talked about Mads Kruger, it's all just a knockoff of Otto Swans. If you really want to see that wrestler, just watch the good version of it from CWF Mid-Atlantic from like 10 years ago. Anyways, um, you guys, I did not. I forgot. And I'm like literally just watching Yukio Sekiguchi's last match right now. Yukio Sekiguchi versus Hiroshima. Um, so let me <laughs> I will finish it as we're talking. But Quentin, give me your thoughts on. Yukio Sakaguchi's last match, and then obviously after we talk about the match, we got to talk about this man's career. Yeah. Um. So having Hiroshima and Yukio be the last matches, perfect stylistically, and these two just are hand in glove with the terms of working on the mat and grappling with each other and all the skills that they both have that can make something like that work. And I really, really love the opening mat work. To be honest. I would have liked if they would have done more of it and stuck with that more in the second half of the match. But with this being two old pals going out there in a a retirement match, having a goal, having a gunslinging contest there, I was fine with the transition that we got uh, eventually into some more kicks and pissing contest stuff. I like, I liked that. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought they made like a fucking, six minute long kick exchange really really fun and it didn't feel forced or contrived at all they both sold really well during it so i think that it still works but personally i probably would have still liked to see some more of the grappling just because they were so good at doing it um the finish gets into like some venturing towards like rick flair uh sean michaels territory but i think it's done really well but just the favorite spot for me is when Hiroshima goes for the first Somato and he hits it, but I think he kind of realizes in the heat of the moment, like, oh shit, I just hit Yukio with a with, with a Somato. And he doesn't go for the pin, realizing, oh, if I pin him, this is over. So he goes to the cover late and winds up with a Yukio getting a kick out at one. And then Yukio puts his hands out, tells Hiroshima to finish him, and Hiroshima hits the final Somato. And I just love the way that they got there. So I think there's, as a match, I think the match could have been it could have been even better. I still think it's great. I gave, I gave it four stars. So I think the match could have been even better. But I love the way they got to the finish. And after you talk about it, Joseph, we can talk more about like the post-match and uh, Yukio Sakaguchi's career. Exactly. I also thought it was great. Um, uh, I, I I sort of just enjoyed it more as like a final riff session. You know, it sort of had that kind of vibe as like those 
those uh, AJW 80s retirement skirmishes where you just kind of get in there and do your signature stuff, but it's made more meaningful because it's for uh, the last time. Uh, I didn't mind the sort of dramatics of the finish, especially because I'll just say it on here. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the record. I am a defender of I'm sorry, I love you. I think that still rules. I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> look, look, I, I, I'm, you know, it's to the point where I'm afraid to say Shawn Michaels makes my GWE list because, like, you know, some book perception of him. <laughs> We're gonna get fucking drawn and quartered for that shit. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like so bad for Shawn Michaels right now. Like, but look, yeah. <laughs> so I still love, I'm sorry, I love you. That spot broke people's brains, but the spot itself is good. I will just yes, I will stand by it. But yeah, this match ruled. Uh, it just felt nice. I'm I'm sort of a late stage. DDT fans. So I wasn't around for a lot of Yukio stuff. Um, so I'm sure it meant a lot more to people who have been following for a really long time and having even like a fraction of that come through uh, speaks to the talent level involved. So, this, no, yeah, so I, oh, yeah, so I, yeah, I got through the match <laughs> as, as I was like setting it up. I didn't realize I was so close to the finish of it. Um, but like, it's, Honestly, the perfect farewell to Yukio Sakaguchi, Quentin, especially because of what you said there. Like, just the, you know, four-star guy, the four-star performance from a five-star wrestler, basically. And the guy who gives you three quarters of the match that you want and then closes it out with, you know, just some extra shit that you is kind of like it's fine it's good but it's not what he's best at um i've always loved yukio sekiguchi i've unapologetically thought that he at times should have been the ace i was eating good when he had his king of ddt run and i was gloating all over the place about how good it was and then how quickly it got short joseph before <laughs> before uh before there was a uh, haguchi for me, it was Sakaguchi. That's why it was so funny when they got put in a team, you know, because Eruption was like my guys. It was the guy who I was always saying should be the top guy. And then when he had his run, like it just kind of went too quick and never got it. And then the guy who I was always saying should be the top guy and it just felt like he was never going to get his run. And then obviously Saki Akai, who I just have always liked way more than everyone else. Um, but didn't really think that she deserved better than she got, but just was like, she's great. And she, you know, she does pretty good in TJPW, but it was just a unit of like my people. When they started Eruption, it was like, they are doing this for me. This unit exists only to make me happy. Um, and that's the thing is I've always loved Yukio on the fucking mat. And you're talking about the, the transitions, like the best part of the match, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, the, uh, I don't even Quentin, I don't even know what you what Harashima calls his meteora, but you know, you were talking about he hits the first one and then yeah, so yeah, yeah, so the somato, yeah. The, he hits the somato and then you know he doesn't go quickly for the pin because he doesn't want to end it. And and Haguchi or Sekaguchi says, Come on, man, you fucking finish me, like finish me off. And that's I love that because he's like, you know that you had me, it's over. I'm not going to even pretend like I have a chance against you, and we're gonna keep this going. Just finish this shit. Um and and I get that that's a cool spot, but to me the best spot of the match is uh, Hiroshima. They're rolling on the mat, and Hiroshima is looking for a crucifix, and uh, Sakaguchi counters it by uh, just like kind of kip upping back the other way, 
That was like the spot of the match to me. I thought that that was so sick, the way that he did that. Because I've never seen someone counter a crucifix pin that way. And the way that he did it looked so cool. And then from there, uh, there's a second, the, you know, the next spot of the match is he transitions from a leg lock into a side head and arm triangle, which you don't see a ton of head and arm triangles in wrestling um, in general. But then also the way that he did it looks super smooth. So, yeah, it's just like that. Those are the spots to me. And that's the thing about Sakaguchi. Like, I've always thought just an amazing mat technician. But the guy fucking blasts heaters all goddamn day. He has no cardio and you can't expect him to go this long wrestling on the mat. So what they do is once he gets blown up and he can't fucking go anymore, they transition to the strikes and he has sick ass strikes and all of his stuff looks good. Towards the end of the match, he hits a bicycle knee that puts fucking anything that you see Kenny Omega or fucking soup do on AEW TV to shame. Like, I've always said that Sakaguchi has the best bicycle knee in all of wrestling, and I'm a connoisseur of the bicycle knee. I used to love uh, Ciampa because he would throw bicycle knees around. Like, he was one of my guys just because of that. I love that. I love that strike. And Sakaguchi's always been the best at it. So, yeah, like, that's the thing. That, this is why this is the perfect finish for Sakaguchi. He's the kind of guy who, if he just, like, really cared about wrestling, which he almost never felt like he did, he probably could have been one of the greatest of all time. But he just does not really put that much effort into it. He gets super blown up halfway through the match. And then he transitions to striking. And it's like, God damn it, I love you on the mat so much. You're literally one of the best mat wrestlers I've ever seen. But you're also such a sick striker that it's okay that when you're like second best, I'm too blown up to keep mat wrestling. I'm going to transition to strikes. Your strikes still look really cool. And you just look like a badass in general. So like it, you're like insanely physically charismatic. The original kickers barefoot wrestler, which is like also, you know, he's bred a million sons off of that now, the highest profile of them being Speedball and Judas Icarus. But yeah, like this was the perfect finish for one of my guys, one of my all time guys, a guy that I've championed from the beginning, a guy that I absolutely love. And this is like a great way for him to go out on his career. And in a lot of ways, I did kind of transition into talking about his career there as well as talking about this match. But yeah, it's just, it was the perfect way to finish out the Sakaguchi story, which is a four-star match from a five-star wrestler. And that's basically been Sakaguchi's, you know, his entire career. Um, Joseph, you said that you're moderately new to DDT, and I don't know how much you really know about Sakaguchi. His background, right? His his dad is like a, a semi-Hall of Fame level wrestler, right? You know? Right, yeah. Yeah, and like all of that. I don't know where you're at on him, how much you've seen of his of his father and how much I've you've seen, seen like of him maybe like pre DDT. I saw like maybe one tag with like Inoki or something where right. the dad was involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if, I don't know if you want to talk much more about his background before we throw it to, to Quentin to talk about the background of, of Sakaguchi's career. Oh, I've told I've got nothing to add as right. far as Sakaguchi's uh concerned. I think you guys have way more to share. Sure. Quentin, feel free to like kind of talk about your thoughts on the end of Sakaguchi. As I as I said, one of my one of my guys, one of my long term term guys. Right. So Sakaguchi didn't start wrestling until he was like thirty eight years old, um, and he obviously MMA like he has thirteen fights on record. I think he's like a seven and six record, and like he actually was was going to do some acting stuff like his brother Kenji or KG or Kenji I'm not sure but like his brother is an actor and like there's a world where like if 
Yukio got to follow up like his like the like the one role that he did in acting that got like positive reviews that like maybe Yukio one of would have went and been an actor too. But he's a guy that just kind of like has done whatever he wanted through his whole career and like has always kind of like marched to the beat of his own drum. I mean, like his dad is Seiji Sakaguchi. His dad is like not only like a bronze, like bronze medalist in the fucking uh Olympics for like you know for, for judo, but his dad was a really important guy in New Japan. I had like a lot of pull in New Japan and like had pull in New Japan for years. If if Yukio wanted to pull that card or have an end in New Japan, Yukio always had a had an end in New Japan his whole career. But he didn't. He or, wanted to he wanted to, he wanted well, to do things his own way. <laughs> as I say, it's not even just New Japan because like you could say that Anoki didn't have the sway that he had in the past and, and Seiji was connected to Anoki, but like he could have always had something through Anoki, right? Because Anoki always had his fingers in different places, even when he was, you know, persona non grata in New Japan. Yeah, like like basically like Yukio in wrestling, Yukio could have done anything he wanted. Like he could have exerted whatever family name or whatever in any way, in any way in which he wanted to. And like he just never did. He was a guy that like put his head to the ground and just worked and did tags and whatever else. And like at 38 years old, like the guy came into wrestling and like just took to it like really quickly. Like even if you go back and watch like the early stuff, like he's pretty good in these matches. Like I don't think Yukio really had like a big adjustment period as to where like he like felt super out of place. Um and then you mentioned like 2015 he goes and wins the KOD the KOD title. And personally like I felt like in terms of like single stuff, he just might not have been ready. I feel like that might have just like not been like the perfect time for him to go out there and like say to be doing stuff like main event sing sumo hall or whatever. Like Maybe he wasn't quite ready for that, but Yukio, like for a long time, just was one of the better guys on the roster and just was super reliable. And I think that Yukio just stands out so much in the context of Japanese wrestling because, like, he looks unique. You see this, like, tall, like, chiseled jaw, like, Japanese guy with, like, they're like full of, like, covered in tattoos that you just don't really see a lot in Japanese wrestling. And, like, the way he wrestles and like everything it's like he's such a fucking unique guy like in a lot of ways if you had to compare him to anybody like you could compare him in a way to like being like new japan's like shabata like being like ddt shibata if like you had to like like make any sort of like comparison for him and part of me selfishly wishes that we got more yukio like maybe he takes to wrestling earlier on in life and doesn't do the mma thing Maybe he like embraces the wrestling history that his family has. Maybe he does all that stuff, but he doesn't. He's like, hey, you know what? What if I just what if I try the wrestling thing? I've already done MMA, I've already tried acting. What if I just do the wrestling thing? And it turns out he's like pretty fucking good at it. And that goes into like the ending of the match in the post match where he like Sharashima wins, says the so much so or whatever, and everyone comes out to congratulate him. And it's not like all this like super emotional stuff. You everyone's congratulating Yukio, and it's just sort of like whatever. Like you see Tetsuya Endo crying and everything, but Yukio is not really making it a big deal himself. To the point where apparently Yukio told them to not do a ten bell salute for him. Like he said, like hey, like I don't, I don't, like I don't really want that. 
And that goes to like the understated charm and charisma and just everything that made Yukio Sakaguchi so fucking cool is this is his last wrestling match. And we know it's wrestling. He could just decide in a fucking month or two that he actually wants to come back and wrestle. And this could all be null and void. But this dude was like, hey, like all this extra soup, like extra crazy stuff that you guys do for retirement. I'm really not interested in that. Like, so can we not do that? And he doesn't. And he just gets to be Yukio Sakaguchi, the fucking coolest guy in the world, and walk back off and do whatever he does next. And he's not going to be, like, some super remembered guy. Like, if people talk about, like, the history of DDT, like, he's not going to be one of the first five guys named. He's not going to be one of the first, like, 50 or 60 guys. So if people talk about, like, Japanese wrestling from the fucking 2010s and 2020s, like, he might not be one of the first guys named for, for most people. But if you watch DDT and if you are familiar with Yukio Sakaguchi, like you saw a guy that stuck with you and he just tag team, six man tag singles. He just stuck out everywhere he was like that. Yuki Ueno stuff like really fucking stamped Ueno in a way that like Ueno really needed that. And I'm not sure Ueno gets to where he is now if you don't have Yukio Sakaguchi kicking the shit out of him. So I'm going to miss watching him. I think he's going to like leave a void in DDT because he was such a unique presence in that company. But I'm glad that this dude was 50 years old and got to go out there and end things on his terms against another fucking 50-year-old dude in Hiroshima and just have a old gunslinger contest. But Yukio Sakaguchi is one of the most interesting guys that we had we had come into wrestling in the last like 15 years, and I'm going to miss watching him. Yeah, I mean, when you think about Sakaguchi, it is like that like that i I, i'm like trying to think of the comparison for people like you know who really only know like american wrestling i think you know there's like a good comparison for like someone like brock lesnar maybe right maybe even he doesn't quite fit it you have to go kind of like further back and um i know i can think of someone but i can't you know get it off the top of my head but like you know one of the one of the guys who was like an old football player who just got into wrestling as basically like something to do you know and it's just like a career i'm like really trying to think like maybe like wahoo you know or or even like you could say like batista, maybe a Stan maybe Hansen. yeah batista could be in that conversation but like i'm thinking more of like someone who's like a real athlete you know batista didn't really do sports before um or at least professionally you know but like the kind of guy who like got into wrestling because it was something to do and he had that connection again through his through his father and as Quentin talked about, he could he could have written his check and been a middle. I mean, he could have very easily had the same career as Shibata. Shibata had the also connection through his father, right? In the history, like that, Shibata's dad was nowhere near the level that Sakaguchi's dad was, really, at the top of New Japan. Um, so, like, if he wanted to, he could have again, as Quentin said, he could have he couldn't have written written his check and done that, but he. That's not who he was. He's just such a more just a chill, take it easy kind of guy. And DDT was, you know, the perfect promotion for him. It's just a chill, take it easy kind of guy. And he got to have fun and he got to have that connection. Like, you know, Yukio St. Laurent and do the fucking the the goofy stuff with the uh, with the uh, Saki Akai playing the like French butler in the women's promotion, which is like you know, not something you would predict for a guy like this to have as part of his career. Um, I talked about, again, the eruption thing, and the eruption was just so 
perfect. But it's also like, you know, his big, he had matches here and there in all Japan, you know, earlier, but like kind of when you look at it, like the biggest thing he did in all Japan was like the real world tag league last year. Um, which, you know, I mean, obviously that was a good place for someone who like casually watches wrestling like Tanner to have like seen him for the first time um, with a lot of wrestlers that he saw for the first time during the tag league last year. Um, so like, you know, that like, oh, OK, that's cool. He got to tag with Jun Akiyama in the tag league. That's, you know, neat or whatever. Um, or that's not what he did. He tagged with a, a Oka, o, Hideki Okatani. Um, I don't know why I thought it was with a. He did some tags with like a burning kind of thing or whatever. Anyways. Um, but yeah, he just, he's always my guy. I always, I loved him from the beginning as Quentin talked about. He like hit the ground running. He didn't really need to like have a huge like learning curve because he just kind of transitioned from MMA to wrestling. DDT does a really good job with that where they'll let a guy like, like him just kind of do his thing. And he really fit in super well. I mean, a big part of it is, as Quentin said, like, he's a good looking guy. He's got the tattoos. He's got the square jaw. He wears the little tiny biker shorts. He, you know, he's barefoot. And like, that's enough. <laughs> In DDT, that's enough to get over because it's an idol promotion that's that's based around sexy boys. Um, I mentioned it on the last podcast with Jay and, and Alex. Like, DDT was doing like nude fucking posters. <laughs> like, posters where half of the wrestlers are naked with the their... The junk barely covered. Like, don't they? This still? is a company. Where, uh, they probably still do, but I haven't seen one. There's no way Yuki Ueno hasn't fucking done one of those. Oh yeah, I he recall. definitely did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Endo no, saying, has like, one fairly recently. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know that's the that's the DDT vibe. So he can fit into that pretty easily by just being sexy and being kind of able to wrestle, and that's enough. Especially when he gets to mix it up with a guy like Hiroshima regularly. Kudo. Um, whatever happened to that guy? Um, anyways, but yeah, so. It's a bummer for me. Quentin says, you know, like when people think about DDT, he's not going to be one of the first, you know, six people that you think of or whatever. But for me, he will always be. When I think about DDT, I think about, you know, I think about Sakaguchi. That's like one of the first guys I think about. Um, because he's always been one of my guys and I've always just thought he was phenomenal. And, and again, I, I, you know, but like Akito was one of my guys and I, maybe people wouldn't think of him as like a top six guy in the company. But I, when I think about DDT, these are the guys I think about because DDT has always been a company that, yeah, like it's about the, you know, attractive guys and, and high spots and all this and that, but it has a backbone of like good wrestlers. I always say they can have about five, there's like five spots for good wrestlers in DDT at a time. You know, and he he's been filling one of those for the, you know, the past decade, which like pretty that's pretty sick, you know, and uh, I like that. I like the fact that he's been able to be a really good wrestler. He can do some goofy comedy stuff here and there. He can wrestle with the women. He can, you know, do a couple of like outside dates and it just like he's been cool. I love him. I, I think he's one of the best wrestlers of the past decade for sure. He's in the conversation for me Um, either way. Any other final thoughts? Yukio Sakaguchi hanging them up, closing it out before we move on. Uh, no, you know, DDT is now left to like four good wrestlers. No, and, yeah, uh... that feels generous. <laughs> okay, hold yeah. on. Yuki Ueno, Harashima, uh, Higuchi, uh, Unakiyama, right? Hey, you know, I, is he still I, good? 
I struggle with Ueno on that list. It's been, hey. it's been real touch and go there. Ah, come on. Ueno, come on. Ueno, all right, all right, come on. It's That's... it's touch and go. He's he's still, I wouldn't call him bad, but it's it's become less of a sure thing. And this is from someone who was saying in like 2020, he's like a top 10 wrestler in the world or something. And I don't know. I feel like he hasn't been living up to that promise as much. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Okay. All right. I guess we got. I guess we got. Uh, That's fair. We got two. Imagine. We got about two good wrestlers. Um, Pheromones is gone, so you know might be good again, right? I, I haven't been uh, paying before, attention. Before, before we move on from DDT, um, I really want to know, and I don't know if it's like a thing where like the dope, where like the training school, just like, has is having problems, but. Their insistence on pushing people who aren't good at wrestling is really odd and should yes. be studied. I don't know where this is coming from, but like I watch even I watch even the fucking uh, tag match. I watched Endo and uh and Eno versus Sasaki and uh and uh Cannon or Kanan, whatever the fuck is like and I know that we've come on here and like praised him before, but Kanan was just like not good in this match and I'm sure. like, wow, like between Yukio Naya, him and Okatani, I'm like, can can one can can we just get somebody good, please? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm begging at this point for someone to be good. I mean, I feel like they got it's Mao. Rough out here. Mao is still decent, you know. We got Higuchi, obviously, but yeah, it's like. <sighs> It's tough. It's the easiest <laughs> thing in the world, right? They could just let Higuchi kill everybody again. What, like, like, do like, it again. Sure. Like, like, have they produced? Have they produced anyone as fucking like good as like, like fucking like Watase in the last few years? Mm. Like, no. Like, no. Yeah, like there's, there's no one that's even as good as like Watase. Like, <sighs> like, goddamn, and like I'm not I asking- like. I'm not asking for fucking Cody Yamada to like step through the doors again. Like I'm not asking for that. But I'm like, we can we can't even get someone that's like Watase level. <laughs> I and I okay, I will say I have not seen anything super recent, like in the past couple months, but I thought that Mas- Masada was okay and okay. like I showed think, some promise. All right. I think Masada is good, to be fair. Like, I think there's for someone who there, is as okay. yeah. Yeah. As someone as but, early in his career as him, I think he's pretty good. I can take that. I can take that. Okay. But they but they have to like I don't know. They have to build him up and they have to like actually stick with him. And I don't know if they're going to. Um but yeah. I don't know. The DDT thing is weird for me because they were doing they were on such a fucking high. I want DDT like I want, I want DDT to be good. I want them to be yeah. good. Like I love DDT so much. But, like I, I want them to be good. Like it's just like but it's just it's crazy because it feels like Cyber Agent just, is just like sacrificing them on the altar of like trying to get Noah to be a thing, and it's like you don't. We kind of talked about this on the podcast, the last podcast I did. Um, but like the idea that like Noah is your prestige brand, so you want to push them to the top, but like they're not really producing at the level that DDT was at its peak a couple of years ago. And it's like, why did you sacrifice that for this? For Jake Lee, baby. <laughs> yeah, you got, I mean, when you've got the chance to, to push Jake Lee, you simply must. The under Jaker. He <laughs> is 
prove, prove, proven top guy. <laughs> big league. Like, yeah. Oh, the Undertaker man. is very good. I like that a lot. That um, can't, that's not mine. That is not mine. I, know, I, know. I just want the world to know, but it's <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's rough out here for DDT. They were my favorite promotion for like the first half of the decade, and I don't know. I just I just don't have the motivation yeah. to watch their shows anymore. No, I mean you shouldn't. They're not delivering, anyways. Um. Uh. Okay. What's like the news stuff that's been going on? Um, did, 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 did you guys happen to watch? The fifty-seven minute gauntlet match between LIJ and Justin. Why did why why did you watch it though? Okay, yeah, so here's that's, what. Okay, yeah. So why did problem. you no, watch? No, no, no. So here's the thing: you guys can have it both ways. With all you, the shit that you give no, us about stuff, what? No, 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 look. So here's the thing: we can't do this thing where like, oh, like Quentin, like Quentin's not watching anything, and then when I'm back, you like, we're like, oh, why are you watching? Like, no, I'm back. What if I, if I'm back? I'm back. This is what's happening. This is just what it is now. Like we can't, there is, we can't have it both ways here. There is a world where you don't watch obviously bad matches. Okay, though. so here's the thing, right? You're right, but I was just okay. I'm curious. Like for some reason, and I know that cage match is full of fucking sickos. D- do you know at one point this match had like a fucking nine point something rating? Of course it did. It happened in Bushy Road. Right. No, you're again, you're right. But I'm like, okay. Doesn't count. That's fucking weird. But out of for scientific purposes, let me watch this match. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. Okay, but did you watch MLW Super Fight? Did you see Jacob Fatu versus Yuji Nagana? MLW was in the same category as Deadlock, where they're not real promotions to me. Deadlock okay, is so are, much better than both New Japan and MLW. I'm not <laughs> going to argue with Joseph. Joseph is correct. He's actually correct. But 55 minutes for just five guys, anything that has to do with just five guys, 55 minutes, no thank you. Look, Under 10 minutes for Jacob Fatu versus Yuji Nagana is a absolute must watch. I don't know how. You let cage match trick you into watching. It wasn't something that like it tricked that. me. I'm like, okay, this feels wrong, <laughs> but I just want to confirm that it's wrong. I but just want to know. Make sure that you, I just want to make sure you that no, though. Okay, so look, it was bad. It wasn't good. It was bad. It was a bad match. There was nothing good about this match. But <laughs> as I'm watching these Corkin shows, the day before. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm here. I'm watching fucking New Japan court like, house shows and fucking cork and like I don't want to hear shit. All right, Jesus so Christ. I'm watching the, the one from the day before, from February fourth. Okay, Nari versus Game uh-huh. Kid is good. That is that that one is legitimate. Okay. Game like is 20, good. It, it goes uh-huh. it goes twenty minutes, and it shouldn't have. It should sure, not have been twenty minutes. Uh-huh. But that is a good match. And Clark Connors versus Drilla Malone and Drilla Maloney versus uh Cash 22. That is also good. The Aswang. Yeah. So 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 look. The I don't, look, so I, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have watched that match. Quit like that, that's on me. I gotta wear yeah. that one. But this is like you're literally watching a match where it's like the Aswang taking on Drilla Maloney with like a D- dislocated kneecap. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, you know that's not going to be good. Oh no, this, no, this that one was good. <laughs> that one was good. I'm doing a, I'm doing a podcast with canaries in the mine. Like, dude, yes, dude, that's he, the point. Yeah, dude, fucking Dan Maloney does a goddamn uh 
uh, whatever his fucking pile driver gimmick is, he does that shit with one arm because his fucking truck because his fucking bicep is off the yeah. bone. Shit ruled. <laughs> like it shit was crazy. Wow. Okay. I'm not gonna argue with you about that. We're like we're going back in time where we're like arguing about how good Driller Maloney is, right? Oh yeah, that's that. that yeah, that was like a you know, like, that was like a weird like deja vu thing. I don't know. Um, I, I, that, that was a mistake. I, I acknowledge my mistake. Just wanted to point it out there that I did watch a 57 minute match between Lij and Just Five Guys. Sounds good. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Fucking year. Okay, so review, where do we... fucking, fucking year in review, man, over here? Like it isn't gonna do. You're you're not gonna watch the match. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm not fucking watching it. You think (laughs) you think you think I'm sitting there in January writing about a five versus five match in New Japan going fifty-seven minutes? When do your commission? When do your commission? When do your commission? Oh Oh, god damn it! God damn it, Joseph! You're telling me you're (laughs) not gonna watch. Will Osprey's final match, the five versus five. Uh, I will match. actually watch that tonight. Those Thank you very when much. Your commissions open. So that's that's actually when I'm done. When I'm done with this slate, you can fucking pay me to watch this, and I will drop ten words in a review for you because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh um, my god. Um. God damn it, what was it? There was something I had something there for a second. There was like a news thing that I was gonna connect to this, but I forgot. Um uh, let me think. Uh eh, who cares? Um, is there anything important in the news that we should talk about before we move on? Does anyone uh, care about anything? I mean, the, obviously, like the, the WWE stuff is all very bad, but don't know, give us don't give a we shit. We don't talk about that. I'm not, yeah. doing this. I'm not gonna do this thing where I give them like yeah. All this fucking attention to like let them continue to skate by on like the other shit that's happening. Right. (laughs) Like like, I'm not gonna do it. I guess there's AEW big business. Yeah, we're excited for that. Um, Did you guys think Hangman and Hangman and Swerve was good? No. Ah, I liked the booking. I thought it was a good angle. It didn't need to be a half hour to to achieve the same goal because, like yeah, I said, it could have just point. been an angle. Okay, okay, it, it, yeah. I think it, it did need to be though. Did it? Because, like it I said, the point 30? was like an angle well, well, for, for what the goal was. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you no. could do like a double count out or a double yeah. KO and you get the same effect. A double and count. That, I, I could have seen maybe like if you do them like just. Like a double KO, I think maybe you do double KO. I can like understand. Sure, yeah. count, I'm not sure does it for me, but I feel like that was the whole point. Is like these guys are evenly matched, so we can't decide who should get the thing. So like the draw, I always felt like was coming when I saw that got announced. When I saw that got announced, but I guess you could have done like a double KO or something. I always well, knew like they it. would do the time limit. To be fair, like yeah. I just got that that was obviously what they were going to do. But I feel like. The way they wrestled it and the eventual result of what they were heading for, they could have done something better. Like I said, I liked the booking. I liked the angle. I like where it's going. Um, I don't like TV wrestling as a as a rule. So, like, that's part of why I just I'm not into it because this is how you have to do it with TV wrestling because you want to set this up and then set up a couple weeks to build to the match, right? But if if it was to me, if it was to my taste, you could book this a lot closer 
because you didn't need to tease the like subtle heel turn. It is he will they won't they thing with Hangman. And as Joseph said, you could do a double count out or like some kind of double knockout disqualification thing that could be a a, a less subtle um, heel turn for Hangman, where like basically you just have other people involved, or you, you know you do something stupid where like fucking when Nana comes out and he's dancing. Hangman just fucking punches him in the face, you know, or, you know, throws him at the referee, whatever stupid thing. And he just clearly, obviously gets himself disqualified. And then it's like, you know, you didn't win or whatever he does, you know. So you could do something like that. But when you're doing TV, you want to set up the match and you want to have it be subtle so that you still can tease that, like, on the pay-per-view, we can get the full turn, blah, blah, blah. So I liked it. I thought it was done well for what they're trying to get to. It didn't need to take 30 minutes of TV time for something that didn't end up actually delivering a solid wrestling match. You know, like that's kind of the biggest sin of the whole thing. I think it was like pretty easily the worst of the three uh, hangman swerve matches. Without question. Uh, Yeah. And there's also just this sort of disconnect to me as well, where I get that swerve is the hot item and it is correct to keep running with him. But every time I see these two wrestle, I always come away with like, man, Hangman is the dude. Hangman is the one. Yeah. Like, no. And and the fact that it's like leading to a double turn, people were saying like, oh, the big payoff is Swerve beating Hangman. And I'm like, again? He's already already beat him. Yeah, for a a third time, (laughs) the the payoff. I, 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 I guess beating him without help. (laughs) <laughs> I guess so. I, they, they're sort of leaning into that with like the the angle before this week. But yeah, in my head, it's always been pretty clear cut that the payoff is Hangman beating Swerve. Yeah, and it should so, uh, be well, for the belt. Yeah, the payoff is Hangman again turning full heel. But the toughest part about it is that to do the double turn, especially with a guy who already has a stable and has a unit, you'd want his unit to turn on him. But but you know the Mogul Embassy doesn't make sense with Hangman. It just doesn't fit. So like, you know, we, like we, that's we, kind of the hardest part. I've seen people speculate. Like, people have speculated on like stuff like Hangman getting his own sort of like cowboy stable and shit like that. And like right. you do, like you know, we just saw that Brian Keith got signed a couple weeks ago. So like, yeah. I'm not mad the at Brian Hangman, Keith Hangman Bandito unit, which I don't think is a a heel unit, but whatever. Like like I, I think I think Hangman and Brian Keith works just fine. Like right. if, we, if you like wanted to do something like that, I feel like that works. But I'm I not, think Brian not... Keith. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think Hangman, Brian Keith, Black Taurus. That's a fucking heel unit. <laughs> Anyways, I just I I understand why they're going with this Hangman like heel turn thing. I do get it, but like Joseph is saying, when I watch these matches, I come away thinking about how fucking awesome Hangman is. And part of me feels like that when we get eventually do get to Swerve winning the title, whether that's at the next pay-per-view or afterwards, I do feel like he's going to get a little overexposed. For sure. Like, I think that's going to happen. And that's not because I dislike him or anything. It's just I've been watching Shane Strickland for a long time. And Shane Strickland is talented. But is Shane Strickland the guy I want, I want going out there and wrestling 30-minute matches? As we saw on Wednesday, the answer is no. That is not the guy I want, to, I want out there wrestling 30 minute matches so sure 
I hope the best for if that winds up happening in the next at the next pay per view or whatever. Like you know, like I I like him and I like Hangman and like I would like to see like maybe they do a dog collar or some shit. Like maybe they could like do more stuff. Last man standing text. Like like there's things I could see them doing that I would enjoy for sure. But I'm. Yeah. I, I just I just know we're gonna get to a point where I think that Shane Strickland is going to be like it's it's gonna get exposed if they put the belt on him and I don't know maybe hopefully they can bail before then or maybe just maybe it goes well but I've watched Shane Strickland enough over the past however many years to like I'm not feeling very confident when we get to that point and it's it's sort of trouble too when like you know I've been watching the TV over the last month and. Swerve Strickland's best performance of 2024 is a five-minute squash with Matt Seidel instead of this big 30-minute epic with, like, yeah. Hangman Page. It's like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, uh, there's there's going to be some growing pains, to say the least, when they do end up putting the belt on him, which they probably will do before the year is out. Uh, yeah. yeah. It should just be, be Joe. It's going to be tough because the problem with Strickland is very similar to the problem that they just had with MJF. And I think that like a lot of people won't will look at that and think that it doesn't make any sense. But it is two guys who just absolutely as soon as they have the championship and are the top guy, like they just have to do gimmicks on top of gimmicks to make things interesting in their matches. And like. I'm not even saying that I think that they're bad wrestlers or whatever, because I I'm a, a fan of both guys. I think that both are very good wrestlers, but we've just like seen it. You have guys, you have someone like Joe, who can have an interesting wrestling match with someone like Hook in the main event of the TV show and make it work, and it's just a regular ass wrestling match. And then you have someone like again MJF or Swerve, who like they're just not going to be able to deliver at that level as a top wrestler, given that kind of time that you need for a main event champion without adding a bunch of gimmicks and bells and whistles. And like, unfortunately that shit just feels cheap. We're just at the point now where people are really starting to realize that like when everything just is repetitive gimmick, blah, 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 over and over again. Sorry. I'm not talking about WWE, right. With Roman doing the same fucking thing every match, but like, yeah, when it starts to be like every main event championship match has to have all of these extra bells and whistles to be interesting. It really does like just become very obvious that like, this guy is just not really ready for this spot. And it's tough because you do have Joe. You've got Danielson. You've got Moxley. You've got a ton of guys. And people will say, like, oh, Moxley has to bleed every match and this and that. And it's like, that is not the same thing. I'm sorry, but like blood and weapons are not the same thing as overbooking. And that's the part that like people really don't understand. Like this is, the you know, what Joseph, you might understand this. You're, you might know what I'm talking about. There's like a, a quote where it's like a, like a little bit of education is a dangerous thing. It's like a person who barely knows a, a little bit is like worse than someone who just knows nothing. Because sure, it's, it's like, yeah, it's it's similar to yeah. like the Dunning-Kruger effect. Right, exactly. The person who thinks that they understand like, oh, 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 if you have to bleed every match, then you must be bad. It's like, no, no, no. Bleeding every match is fine because that's like a very basic just part of wrestling. Having yes. to do overbooking with interference, that's when we're talking about actual overbooking. That's when you're talking about, like, doing too much. Bleeding is just part of wrestling. But interference and, oh, you know, <laughs> speaking in the match. And I didn't get into it when you guys were talking about the um, HBK Ric Flair slash 
Yukio Hiroshima thing, but it is like it's the difference between like doing it in the right spot when you're talking about a big retirement match versus doing it in every match, every pay-per-view again is where it becomes annoying. So it's like, it makes sense in certain situations and it's good in certain situations, but it's not meant to be in every, every fucking match. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing. It's like you can have weapons and you can have blood and that's just part of wrestling. But when you have to have too much interference and too much, too many ref bumps and just the superfluous stuff, that's where it starts to turn into like overbooking and whatever. And that's, that's the thing that we may, we may see. I shouldn't say like, we're definitely going to see it with Strickland because we don't know. Um, but it's definitely the thing that we saw with MJF where just every match just turned into this repetitive overbooked bullshit because he couldn't actually deliver in ring. Um, the one thing I would like to see if somehow we'd like did a double triple cross and we end up with it swerve stays the heel um, is that he brings in some of his old friends from the JML crew. He could bring in the Sammy verse guys and at some point, you could have that um, Adam Page gets circumcised by David Starr. I think that what that would be. Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I think that's how you could hearing? really keep him very heel. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, because you know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that, that just went in like that, that. That was a zag for sure. That was <laughs> way out of left field. Um, <laughs> that was a, that was a zag. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What is happening with you two? What is going on? <laughs> oh, okay, oh, so gosh. we're losing it. Um, I, have, I have a question. Yeah. Um, okay. How do you guys feel about the Bucks so far? I'm into it, man. Uh, yeah, I'm into I, it. But here's the thing: I like it. But are you going to be upset when they beat Darby and Sting? Yeah, and that's the point. Right? No, no. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't know if it was gonna be like for you, for like, like just in terms of like your like enjoyment of or whatever. Like, are you like are you like so nauseated by the Bucks in general that like, it, like that when they beat Darby and Sting, that like you'd like be like turned off, or like are you like actually like into the story or whatever? It's gonna hurt, but I feel like it'll hurt in the right way. Okay. You know. Um. And it's so funny that you just brought this up. Someone on tw- someone on Twitter saw me praising the uh, the current Young Bucks heel act and accused me of being a Young Bucks stan. Oh, fuck which yeah. is Hell yes. such a beautiful one eighty from what I usually get. Just mwah, thank you, random Twitter user. Who ah, oh, that's just beautiful hatred from oh, such an that. uninformed place. Wow. Oh, that's so I got someone. I got someone recently who responded to me and was like, uh, d- defending The Rock, and was like, he's a bigger draw than anyone in AEW. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm like a communitarian social. I'm like, be even beyond a socialist. Like, I'm like a back to the fucking earth, like anarcho privatist level socialist. Like, I don't give a fuck about who makes more money for the company that runs. You know what so I mean? Like, funny. If I don't care that The Rock puts more money in the pockets of big business, that's fucking a joke to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't know who you're talking to. To be like, oh, this guy is such a Young Buck stan. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so good. No, the but, weird yeah. part is that I am just somewhere, like, in the middle. I haven't liked their current work, except for this new heel act, which is quite promising. The, ang- um, that, ang- the still angle one of the best. The angle rocked. I like that angle a lot. They, the good thing about this is that it was promising. It hit a bump in the road vis-a-vis the fact that it felt like it was an intentional Vince parody 
And I think I did tweet something out where I said, it'll be, they need to a hundred percent pivot and just remove everything about this. That seems like it's trying to be a Vince thing. And they Dude. did like, they instantly dropped it and now they're pivoting again and it continues to be promising. So it well, is tough well, because it's well, like, this is good. Go ahead. It's, it's tough because you mentioned the Vince parody thing, but like, did you watch the rampage match? The one from like yesterday? Yeah, did you watch the rampage match? No, no, I did not. So they squat, they they squat, they squash these guys, and then they both get on. They both have get on. They both get on the mic, and they both are talking in these weird, deep voices. So it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because I'm like, hmm, maybe they didn't actually drop. Yeah, maybe that. they didn't drop it. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. but. Yeah, because if you actually Given... like, if you, if you if you watch the promo, it's like, oh yeah, this is not Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson's voice. Okay, but given the music and the Tron and everything, are we sure they're not just doing fucking Kendall from Succession? That just I, might be it. See, th that could be it, but like that's a un that's uninformed for me because I have never watched Succession. So like, well, uh, yeah, because their music like is that. like their music is not like. It's not even like trying to be anything else. Yeah, it's a whole the rip succession off, theme song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think which, that okay, might which be actor, it is what they're going for. Which actor was Kendall on Succession? Because I only watched a couple episodes. Jeremy? Is that his name? Jeremy something. Hold on. Oh, Jeremy Ironsides. What? I think I, I, I know who you're talking <laughs> I don't think that's right. I think that's his name. Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong. Oh, okay. Same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, close enough. Um. Yes, I I know which one he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be it. I could be wrong, but the the succession connection is there. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I you're probably right, but like I said, I was just like hoping that they would just drop, like the idea of uh of of doing like a Vince thing, and if they're leaning into the succession thing, that works also. Um, much better off. But yeah, I'm like. I don't know, <laughs> Quentin. I think Quentin, like the question that you asked Joseph, there is almost. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, whatever. But like, the idea that you would be like so upset about something that you wouldn't appreciate it for like what it is. I don't know. Like, he's not a stupid Mark or nothing. Like, you know, like we're not those guys. We like appreciate this for what it is. And yeah, like it's going to be upsetting for Sting to lose to the Young Bucks, I guess. But just like if they do it right, it'll be good. I hope so. I mean, you, I mean but you know that we have like people that like we're friends with that just sure. like can't fucking stay in anything the Bucks do. Right. That's so true. like that's so, true. Yeah, so like, yeah. So like that. So that's why because like I think that like that match could be really good, and I think that match should probably go on last. Assume, oh, like, I yes. think I think yeah. it should, and it will go uh, last because like the more I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure Joe loses the belt at Revolution. Like, I'm not either, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah, the, I hope the, he doesn't. Yeah, the more yeah. this is going on, the more I'm not sure. The, the more I'm not sure about Joe losing the belt. Yeah, you want to. If you Joe's don't not want... losing the belt, then I think Bucks and the, the Bucks versus Darby and Sting should go on last. I think it will go on last. I think that this was the first thing they announced with Revolution was it Sting's last match. It cannot be anything but the main event. But then, okay, and, do you do you have Sting lose at the as the last thing that you do on the show? It's Sting. You see, the, Sting doesn't give a fuck. Like, yeah, Sting. True. Sting didn't even want to win the belt if the reports are correct. 
Like, there's word that right, he just didn't right, want right. any belt. He didn't really want to win a bunch of matches. He just wanted to fuck around and have cool, do cool stuff and jump off balconies. So, <laughs> which that he was successful at that. Yes. So he's probably gonna lie down and give the Bucks their win, which is totally fair. Um, I think it has the potential to genuinely be match of the year level stuff. Like, I'm really excited for this Revolution main yeah. event. Yeah. No, I am as well. Um. I'm excited, honestly, for the whole show, and we've only got a couple of matches announced, but it's like, looking really good. Eddie, 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 uh, Eddie, and Brian got 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 uh, got confirmed, so I'm really into that. Roddy and, and Orange, hey, Roddy yes. and Orange, Roddy and Orange. That's just sick. That's like a dream match from way back in the day. Um, yeah. And then Deanna, I think Deanna Tony and, Tony and Deanna, like, yeah, that should be that should be all right. That'll be good. No, yeah, that yeah. Sh- that should be very good for for the collider who should have just watched Tony's match tonight with Queen Amalia. Oh, I checked like, out Tony... to watch the astronauts. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But Tony has really put it together in the past couple weeks of like actually working this gimmick in the ring yes. in a way that's satisfying. That red, that, that red velvet match was yeah. good. It that was, was good. sick. I would say it was tonight. better than Swerve Hangman. I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna argue. Um, there was a. Uh, yeah, there was that. And then her match tonight with Amanada was just like, it was really snug and she was working really old school, but like in a good way to yes. where I think that Diana and her could actually do something interesting where you kind of play off of an old school and a new school mat wrestling match that could be really sick because they're both incredibly talented and they're, you know, they have a ton of familiarity. So that could end up being a sleeper match of the night, especially because... It'll be a sleeper, especially because you've got the VOW crowd who hate women as a rule, who have just completely written off Tony Storm as being just a goofy gimmick and have not been paying attention to the fact that she actually has kick-ass matches again. As um, if she so hasn't think, had the best I know, title I know. reigns for that lineage. Because she has. Yeah, she has. <laughs> she has. Both of her title reigns have been incredibly good, but... Those people who, for some reason, anytime a woman is on screen, get upset, have just really not enjoyed her stuff. Well, I, well, uh, I, well, again, I, like I, I said, any, I don't anyone know. Other, don't anyone know. other than Serena Deeb. Right. Yeah. As long as, well, yeah. There's a certain reason why people like Serena Deeb, right? You know? Also, I um, feel like I feel like it's sort of been kind of buried under everything else that's happening. Isn't Will Ospreay supposed to debut at Revolution? Was he? Like, wasn't that the official name I feel like, start date for yeah, his contract? That might be correct. Huh. You might so be right about that. There's something yeah. that might still be announced for him. And, you know, he's not my favorite wrestler, but that's that's a pretty stacked card regardless. Yeah. yeah, there's still something there. Um, But, yeah, there's a ton there. It's a, it's a really good show on paper. It could actually end up being the best show of the year on paper. Um, it might. Yeah, there is something to talk about in when it comes to that that I kind of mentioned on the last show, but I think with with Jay and Alex, it didn't quite fit as much as it would with you guys. Um, and I also have a deeper wrinkle to bring up in regards to this, which is Forbidden Door, right? Which is the historic best show of the year for AEW. Um, but how good can Forbidden Door be now that Okada and Osprey are AEW talent, right? Like, do, how do you go like, oh, this the one night of the year that, you know, Raw and SmackDown are able to interact. Um, <laughs> the one night of the year that AEW and New Japan can have matches. 
Um, and then two of the main guys that kind of make the night are just part of the AEW squad. Um, but when you look at the teasing with the CMLL stuff and maybe the teasing with the stardom stuff, like, is that a good way to paper over that? This is like kind of a mix of news and wrestling chat, like AEW forbidden door this year. Cause I thought it's overkill to be like, let's add in both things. But if you look at it and go, well, what are they really going to get from new Japan this year? Because the big stars are going to be just AEW wrestlers. Um, if you did Forbidden Door and you kind of focused more on CMLL talent and stardom wrestlers and you had like maybe a couple New Japan guys, like, does that make sense? Does that work for you? What do you what do you guys think about that? How do you how do you see I that? Think, I, I think Forbidden Door should be in Arena Mexico. I, think, I can't argue with that. I, I think Forbidden Door should be like an Arena Mexico show. I think that I think that should be like I think the New Japan thing has worked. It's been cool, but oh, I man. feel like there's I feel like there's a lot of juice to like some CMLL stuff. Yeah, and it's I feel huge like right you, now. They're and, peaking, and I, yeah. And, and I and I feel like you have the roster to make this work. Like, like I I feel like you have the roster to make all this stuff work. Brian Danielson has a long fucking braid. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. He sure he fucking does. A, he, so he what do a, you? He has a long okay. braid. <laughs> So what do you do? Do you do Danielson versus Mystico mask versus hair? Yes. As the main event? 100% do that because Dragon can lose. Yeah. And then he can be a bald psycho for the rest of the year. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, perfect. Yeah, I feel like, I, I don't know. I want Forbidden Door to read in Mexico. I feel like that yeah. shit works. Also, uh, go ahead. we know they're doing Arena Mexico because they have been... Sure nailing that point the last two weeks we're waiting for you in arena mexico we're waiting for you in arena mexico so something's gonna happen there and if it's a full show it could be truly insane yeah like i like well i think i think at the very least we're gonna get like some guys popping up for like a major friday show or some shit like that yes but like sure man for forbidden door should be in arena mexico and that would be one of that might easily be the best thing that happens in wrestling if we can get that to happen. Yeah. If if someone sneaks Dragon a razor, <laughs> just, 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 just sneak it. Just sneak it. Like hide yeah. it in the wrist tape. <laughs> just I mean, okay. a little nick. He was uh, Dragon was tr- was trained by you know HBK, so he has to have that connection to the you know the Doug Summers you know the uh, the old. Um, you know the old style AEW or AWA stuff, so he knows how to hide the the gig in his mouth. And for sure, they can't they can't find it there. Exactly, just or just as subtle as possible. Tell them it was hard way. I swear to God, just please. <laughs> I need yeah. blood back in this arena so bad. Yeah, and like uh, and, 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 and even if we can't get there, it's like by that point you have like fucking like. Os- like Osprey, Osprey, and Osprey, and uh, Mercedes Monet, and like everyone else on the roster that can like work that shit too. Put it, you want to put Darby in fucking Arena Mexico? Ooh. Oh Jesus! Like come like oh, the big round, man. <laughs> like, no, no. I need this. The more I, I need Forbidden Door in Arena Mexico. Like let the new thing chill for that's a year. We'll it. come. We'll come back to that at some point. CMLL, and- AEW. That's what needs to happen. Arena Mexico. Let's fucking do it. And for the I first time too. too for the first time too, it would like make extra sense that all the matches are just like multi-man, six-man, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Because like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's what we do here. 
Are you, tell, are, you, are, you, are you telling me you don't want to you don't you don't want to see the fucking uh pan, the fucking the uh fucking pan, the fucking Panther Sons facing like top flight or some shit? <laughs> Woo! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, come on, man! Let's oh, do yeah. yeah, they need to do it. They need to. You're right, Quentin. I was like I said, I was thinking too small. You're you're thinking big you want, business. You want, you're, gonna, you're gonna turn down Claudio versus Soberano? Ooh, of course. Ooh. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's go. <laughs> Joseph, you, you have the power to make this it's, happen. Let's fucking do it, man. <laughs> Tony, listen to yeah. me. Hear my voice, Mr. Khan. I know you follow <laughs> me somehow on one of your million burners. Yeah. Get it done is, in Arena Mexico. Is Arena Mexico the biggest arena in like Mexico City or it probably isn't. They probably have a stadium. The biggest? Yeah. No, it's not the biggest. Yeah, but it is the, the most stadium historic the most and the most important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm just yeah. trying to think, like where you, where you could draw, like or where you could fit, like a hundred thousand. Could you draw something? Could you like yeah? Could you draw something bigger somewhere else? Yeah, probably. They have um, they have a stadium that like, holds about eighty thousand. So yeah, but dude, like, have you like I, I know like. Tim, have you seen how fucking packed they like they like how, oh, how yeah. packed it's for like for like the anniversarios? Like well, that's my point more is like a regular anniversario in Arena Mexico gets packed the fuck out, but it's like what it what it is. But this would be like special where you'd almost want it in a bigger building, but that building will be rocking because Arena Mexico gets fucking hype. It's such it really is the best crowd in wrestling. Like it's and it is it is a beautiful yeah. building yes. designed yes. for pro wrestling. Yes. Like yeah. everything in there is created to have the best possible wrestling show. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they put in those floors around the ring that everyone feels okay just bumping on it all the time. But this place is where you want to do pro wrestling. Wow. The trick is the, the knowing how to bump right. And that's the thing about you know Lucha Libre. That might be most it. People yeah. don't understand. Arena we, Arena we Arena Mexico ha, Arena Mexico has a sixteen thousand five hundred so five hundred capacity, based off what it says on Google. Yeah. Like I said, I think that you if you were if you did Forbidden Door there, you could pack it out bigger, you know. But at the same time, you wouldn't get the same vibe because For a packed sure. out Arena Mexico show is going to be amazing. Um. But and again, Danielson Clinton, losing an apuesta, yeah. man. He's uh, wanted to do it. He wants to so bad. He, he really does. You can't tell me that's not what that's, that's not yeah. why he's that's not why he's growing his hair. That's, he's been growing that shit for this whole time, and he you loves cutting his hair. Tell me that this man is not going for the purpose yeah. of losing a hair match. For sure, yeah. it needs oh, yeah. to happen. Um, I guess kind of hitting the news. I feel like we're pretty good. If there's any other. Stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of stardom news, but there's a lot of like, again, we talked about it on the last podcast. There's been some movement, some bumping and shaking, especially after the big show, talking about where the championships are going to go and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys care to talk about any of that stuff, but if you do, feel free. Otherwise, we can move on. Uh, no, I think like uh, the episode you did with J. Mellon. Yeah. Uh, Alex like covered that as well as anyone is going to cover that. So if you guys, sure. if anyone listening yeah. to this hasn't listened to that, like JML and Alex are genuinely two of the most knowledgeable people that it comes when it comes to Japanese women's wrestling that you'll find anywhere. And like, if you want to understand the stardom situation, the precedent for it, and, and, and anything like that, like they are the two people that you want to listen to regarding that. 
hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, that's why I uh, that's why I did that because <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't really want to talk about that stuff, and I I definitely enjoyed it. It was super fun, but I was just like, okay, someone's got to make this fucking happen, so I'm gonna put it together. I'm gonna make it happen. Um, DPW, you already know, 2024. This match was sick. There was a ton of great matches on this show. Um, Quentin, you can feel free to sit out because you don't uh respect dpw like smart people do um <laughs> I, I, watched, I watched i watched the whole show yeah there was a ton of great stuff here um but you know i don't again, know about don't a have, ton at, but the floor was i high. thought so i thought that there was a ton of great matches on this show you don't think so i thought there were two great matches and everything else was good okay what matches do you Nicole think matthews great? and rachel armstrong was not good uh, I don't know. That's I don't know. Uh, it's it's borderline. It is borderline. I All wouldn't right. call All it right. bad. I wouldn't call it great. I would definitely say it was okay. All right. Okay. It was a good Nicole performance. Sure. But um, that's that's a that's you get that everywhere fair. Nicole goes these days. Right. 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 Nicole is yeah, especially this year. I would, I will say this wink, wink. Keep your eye on everything Nicole does this year. Um. Anyways, um, the tag team match, Jake something and Speedball Mike Bailey, that team is sick as fuck. I want them to keep running them as a tag team. They are fun. so good together. That was fun. I that, love that, them that together. Was, yeah, that match was fun. Yeah, I just I I don't care. I again, it's like Beef Tank, where it's like one promotion is running this random oddball tag team that kicks ass. I want them to keep booking this team. I hope other people book this team. But Jake something and Speedball Mike Bailey is such a sick ass tag team together. Um, Joseph, what matches did you think were great? What were the great matches on the show? Because I think the tag team title I, match was not very good. I wouldn't say it was, it was bad. But I would. It was fine. It was it better was than the acceptable. VIF match. Sure. Um, the main uh, event I thought was very good. Oh, I thought that was match of the night. I thought it was great. Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah and for sure. The number two, which is close. Would be Adam Priest versus Andrew Everett, which was sure. delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Quentin, what did you what did you actually like on the show? Oh, um, I thought Priest and Everett was fucking great, and I really liked Colby and Tankman. I sure. thought that the Price and Blackwood versus Jake something a speedball match was pretty good too. I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. I actually like, you know, uh, I have said very mean things about Kevin Blackwood. And Alec Price is not someone that I'm super fond of you. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I actually like the idea of this Alec Price and Kevin Blackwood team. It doesn't seem like that's really what they're where they're going with. I think they're going to wind up facing each other on like the next. That's already scheduled. Yeah. 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 Like, which kind of disappointed me because I like the idea of like Alec Price, like maybe kind of like corrupting Kevin Blackwood a bit and like getting him to be a little bit more. Uh, mean or heelish or aggressive or whatever so that's that's fine but i i thought i thought that match was very fun but like the two big ones priest and everett and uh colby and tankman were very very good the big thing for me even bigger than like tankman kind of like finding it in a in, in in dpw like everett in his promo laying down laying down a challenge already to like get another priest match I'm really excited at the prospects of that, and I would, and I'm excited to see like Priest and Everett go at it again. Yeah. I thought that match was like really fucking good. Before we yeah. go on about like the two like big obviously 
great ones. I just also wanted to say that as far as heel tag teams that I wish could continue on this show, BK Oliver Sawyer, yes. nope. I wish that was the act, and it's clearly not gonna be, but oh, they were good together as a stooge heel tag team. I They were great I together. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's about it. I just wish that was yeah. where they were going with that, especially since we have like the guns now as the champions anyway. That would be a great little uh, challenge yeah. for them. But they're, it seems they're not going with them as a team, and that's fine. I like BK enough to see what he does as a singles guy. That's a, it was a great team. They're, they would make a ton of sense together. The problem is that BK is, is honestly at this point too good for that. BK that's fair. is like really ready to do something big. And like the post match promo thing that they did with him, like even puts it over the top. Like BK is just, he's so incredibly talented in ring and on the mic and on the promo. Like he's in a tough little in between spot, you know, and talking to, you know, indie bookers around the, the, the country and stuff. It's like, he's a guy that I think again, and this happens because you can't predict anything, but He's right in that spot where you're just like, he's so goddamn good that you want to push him and make him your top guy. But you can't imagine that someone this good isn't going to get picked up at any moment. Right. Sure. Yeah. And you look at a guy who's got that size and that talent and you just go like someone's going to snap him up. So you don't really want to invest a ton in him. And that this happens. This has happened historically in wrestling where a guy is like at that level. They're so incredibly talented. And they just, they have the build, they have the look, they have the everything. And no one wants to push him because they're just like, as soon as I start pushing him, he's going to be gone. And then they never get picked up. And it's just like, yeah, this is the guy. Like, he really is the guy. He's he's phenomenal. So, yeah, like I get what you're saying and it would be sick. But he's also got, he's got the tag team with fucking Eric Royal. Like, he doesn't need a new tag team. On That's top of true. that... He tags with his girlfriend, Ella Envy, that and they're sick together. So it's like this guy, he doesn't need a new tag team partner as good as Oliver Sawyer and him are together. Um, but yeah, either way. Bringing it, yeah, bringing it back around, though. Sure. As far as talent that you should just be hitching your horse to, man. Oh, yeah. Roll Tide, man. All goddamn Adam day. Priest. Bama out here representing, man. Come on. <laughs> He's so good. And it's fine. This feels like the start of like a sustained push in DPW. I think in the last show, they made a big deal about how Priest has won every match in DPW with a chair shot. Oh, yeah. And he didn't need one tonight. And yeah, that's just like the start of the escalation. And I'm so ready for Tankman, Priest. Oh man, oh, that's gonna be oh, yeah. really, Come. really good. After what Priest did with Bojack last year, and now the level that Tankman is hitting, let's go, dude. That is the money. Yeah. Well, you're talking about a guy who's doing a fucking five match series with Cruel and actually delivering stuff that's worth watching, right? Wait, excuse me. Wait, wait, can... uh, uh, hold on. What did you just say? Priest has had matches with Cruel that no, no, are no, worth had, like, watching. You said five match series. I th- how many matches have they had at this point? Like three. Uh, okay, I, I thought you. I thought yeah. you meant that as if that was a thing that was like actively going. Like no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. they're just okay. around. All right, because I was around. All right, cool. All right, there's building to another one. There's another one coming. 
<laughs> they are building to another one. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough out here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Priest is able to make this five match series with Cruel. I'm not joking. It's happening, and like it, it's still worth watching because of how good Priest is. And Andrew Everett. I mean, god damn, we're talking about a guy who he was the it guy in what 2017. I'm trying to remember ten, ten years ago when yeah. the Chiva Kid was the it guy. You know, on on uh. Was it indie wrestling week, pro wrestling week? You know, like this guy is, was the it guy 10 years ago and he's still good, but yeah, this is again the, the, in a, in, the next in a, level. In, a, in, another, in another lifetime, like where like jobs like that are more respected, like Andrew Everett is like the best jobber of all time. And it's not that like, oh, that's yeah, his ceiling oh, as yeah. a talent, like he's immensely talented, but like in a different world, he's the best jobber that we've ever seen. Yeah, I yeah. get that. Yeah. Especially after this pair of shows from DPW. Man, he was he was re this is such a compliment, I swear. He was really, really good at losing to two guys on these pair of shows. Yeah. 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 He was yeah. bumping like crazy for Tankman on the first January show. And then here switching it up with like a limb work thing instead. So good. Yeah. Andrew Ever again, underappreciated. The Chiva Kid thing was like, he had so much buzz. People were talking about him. They thought he was going to be it. And it's just, you know, it sucks when someone's it, it, career like, I get why no one's signing him now because of the because the injury history. I, I get it. Sure. But yeah. like, man, like it, like, it just reminds you of just how fucking cruel, like, everything can be. No, not the, not that cruel. Yeah. But like, yeah. was, like <laughs> just like, just how, just how shitty everything can be that like, this guy will probably like this will probably be like where like it stays at yeah. maybe hopefully not but it's like this is a guy that's like was doing ROH stuff was signed to Impact and doing things and he just the injuries are just a thing are gonna keep people away which sucks because he's really really good yeah okay can we talk about the Nicole and Armstrong match because. I think we all agreed that it was not like a great match, but I think it was two like solid workers in the match and why it didn't quite get there. Um, because I think Rachel is like definitely very talented. Um, and this was just not like the spot for her. She and was all right. She was fine. Yeah, she was fine in what she was doing, but it's, she really didn't get to showcase what she's best at. And, Nicole kind of was doing, you know, her thing, but like I just didn't quite get why this never hit the next level when it was like two two wrestlers who I think are very talented and were fine doing like what they were doing. They weren't like like it just didn't I don't know why they didn't click. And beyond that, I just I would love to like understand like that's the thing. It's like I watched it, I saw that it didn't get there, but I just don't understand why it didn't get there. There were a couple of blown spots by like Rachel that they tried really hard to edit around, um, but yeah, it it just wasn't it it felt like an off night for her, even though Nicole was doing like really good like bully stuff, uh, in the heat. Uh, I think it sort of fell apart when Nicole had uh, when Rachel had to make like her brief comeback. That might have been part of why I don't like why it's so hard for me to get this is because I'm like really like blind to editing, a lot of times. So I may have not even noticed that it was edited and I just feel like I just felt something off. Yeah, no, um, there were some parts where she like Rachel couldn't she didn't nail her kip up at one point and 
you could tell they were trying to find like the best possible angle to like hide it that she messed it up, yeah. but you can't really hide it. It was too big a deal. Um, but yeah, you know, it happens. She's sure. she seems like she's like super early in her career. There's time, and she didn't really need to do much here except get eaten up by Nicole anyway. Yeah, and I thought the post match promo between the two was pretty good. But Quentin, did you have any thoughts on this before we move on? I'm sorry for even making it a thing. No, oh, no, I mean. I didn't think it was good, but you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The tag, tag needs someone needs to belt no up Nicole though. Like what the hell? Yes. Yes. Just the, yeah. how has no one done that yet? <laughs> well, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I guess nobody, really. But yeah. The tag match I really liked. We've already kind of talked it over. Um if you guys want to say anything about the that before we move on. DPW women's match. Um I thought it was solid, but it I just it was just kind of there. Lady Frost is like really good for a match like this. Just feels like it's just there and probably goes too long, but it's not like offensive. Um, I thought it was better than the Nicole match, actually. I thought Lady Frost paired with sure, sure, sure. I, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I won't argue with that, but yeah. Like Miyuki paired better with Lady Frost, and also she didn't do her around the world thing, which always annoys me. So there you go. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, the Motor City versus the, the I, I don't even know. Are they the Dark Order or are they the... I don't you know, know, I don't, I don't know what they like to be called at this point. Are they just fucking Stu yeah. and Evil Uno? Yeah. Like, I really don't know. It was weird because on the DPW shows, they're billed as SSB. Right. But they are the Dark Order contractually. Right. I don't know. Whatever. But they're right. but yeah but they're all, yeah and then they're also the Super Smash Brothers and they don't like I don't fucking know so like whatever like that, that was, that was it, yeah. it was it was it was cool yeah, it was it's, fine you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. you can't catch lightning in a bottle man these guys had a moment and they were they were one of the funnest tag teams to watch in wrestling at one point and we are so fucking far from that point it's just they don't even feel like the same guys anymore you know. So yeah, it was it was fine. Motorcycle machine guns kick ass, but you know, this was not this was just not it. This was just not this was not Motor City Machine Guns versus Super Smash Brothers. This was not the height of that. This is not when you think about that match and, and you know what you would predict in your brain, this this just didn't give you it. What did give you it was the main event, which is to me, and I will say this, as much as I love Adam Priest. I think the greatest independent wrestler in the world when it comes to just being an independent wrestler. And I've been saying this since last year, probably the year before too. Um, Joseph, we've been talking about it, but Colby Carino. Um, I just, I think he's fucking amazing. And he's going up here against a guy who is really peaking at the height of his powers, especially here in DPW as the DPW champion, Calvin Tankman. In a cage match, which is, you know, when you do it right, the cage, the cage is truly the best gimmick match when it you is, do it yeah. right. Yeah, it's just, it's so simple, but it's so it's so perfect because it gives you so much space, so much canvas to work with. But it's also like it's not really overbearing. It's it's all encompassing. Right. That's the idea of the cage. It surrounds you, but it's also you can use it as much as you want. And if you use it right, you can make it everything you need to be. So this is why it's the perfect gimmick for the for smart wrestlers. And these two are very smart wrestlers who not only are incredible physical specimens, but are also incredibly smart wrestlers. And Colby 
like I said, the best indie wrestler on the planet. I'm sorry. I love, again, I love Adam Priest, but I cannot. I just, I think Colby is just so fucking good. He blades within like two minutes and is just like, bleeds <laughs> like a fucking stuck pig. As and it should fights be. From underneath. Yeah, exactly. This is the match where he needs to bleed instantly and just bleeds like a motherfucker. He's becoming, you know, he's his dad's son. And, and I was in the building for the, you know, the legendary Steve Carino, Jerry Lynn die, the writing die on his stomach with blood match. Like when I think about the Carinos, I think about blood. So when Colby blades, I just, you know, it, it brings me back to when I was a child. So, yeah, I just I loved this match. But yeah, um, Joseph, what did you think about this you know main event cage match between two of the best wrestlers on the indies? Yeah, no, I thought it ruled best indie cage match, best cage match period since like Dom and BK in Time Bomb Pro. Uh, I think that's the only like other really notable great cage match of the decade. Um, I love that they're just so committed. Like this is what I like about DPW is that people are just committed to their role, you know, uh, and Tankman was in there just throwing Colby around. I love that they get what the cage is there for. Just throw the dude into the steel. That's all I want is throw him into the steel a bunch and try to get your win that way. Um, I like. I, I do like that Tankman had the one big spot in his back pocket, like the Spanish fly off the top. And I like that they took their time to get there. You know, like they had hyped it up where there were multiple attempts. So they were already showing us them at the top of the cage and in the corner. And then you finally hit the Spanish fly. And then you you make it mean something because it's straight into the finish. Yeah, a great match. Loved it so much. Yeah, it was executed, I think, again, to perfection. Incredibly intelligent wrestlers who really know what they're doing. And they're just they're They made everything mean something. Quentin, what did you think about the... Uh... Colby and and uh, Tankman cage match here. Yeah, I'm like you guys and like said like uh, I can add anything that you guys didn't already say. I thought it was really really great. Colby, it's so funny watching Colby from where he started to where he he's at now. From just kind of like being like around like a lot of like doing like ugly duck legs like spot fast like stunt show shit, and then like you had some stuff like the Yehi match that showed what he could be. And just everything that he's blossomed into within the last couple of years has been really interesting to see, too. And also, when I look at him, and I, and I get it, you know, this is how, how fucking genetics work, because that is his son. But it's like, it's like, man, he just looks so much like fucking Steve now that it's like really jarring every time I watch him. And even down to like when he's, ble- when he's bleeding and he does the stuff like uh wiping his like, you know, wiping his own blood on himself, wiping his own blood on himself and tasting his blood and all that shit. Like he just like. Like, man, like, you really watched all your dad's tapes. Like, it's just, like, it's so, it comes so natural to you that, like, you had to, like, really just, like, watch and analyze, like, how good your dad was doing that stuff. And Tankman is really finding a stride. Tankman's been a frustrating guy, a hit or, hit or miss, hot and cold guy for a few years now where, like, you see his skill set. You see the things he can do. It's, like, how many guys can, like, go and, like, work like a fun blood sport match like Tankman and then go and do like compelling like big man little man monster stuff or go work a cage match like he really like he like out of anyone wrestling right now he has the most capacity to be like a Vader type guy and 
that's what's made him frustrating for the last few years is you feel like he wasn't really capitalizing on his potential or like no one was really like honing in on what he should be doing. And having this sort of like renewed focus, whether it's like from him, DPW, a combination of both, like I really, really like where things are headed. So I love the match. Uh, if we're just comparing the matches, the best stuff on the show, I probably like Priest and Everett a tiny bit more. But like, I love both of these matches. I can't, I can't hate you. I can't argue with you on that. I can definitely see it. Um, but for me, it's just the again the drama, the stuff. I mean, you talk about Colby. Like the crazy thing about Colby is that you have, you have the the. The Yehi match, the the is the TWE arena Yehi match that went like semi-viral right before the ugly ducklings thing. And it's like, keep in mind that that happened after you had the Colby decade stuff in ROH, right? So it's just like this guy has had and then also not even talking about like the Tiger Kid stuff, you know, even before that, but I'm just talking like this guy has had such an insane career. If you really take the time to do it, it's like I've talked about it with like the, the, the generico Sami Zayn thing where it's like, you kind of forget that it's the same guy because of the mask. And yeah, like Tiger Kid had a mask and you know, whatever, but that was like such a small part of it. But when you really look at it and you like go, Kobe Carino's career from the beginning till now, like you're almost starting to see like a Hall of Fame level, you know, GWE kind of career at this point that like kind of gets overlooked if you really take the time to look at it from top to bottom. Now, the main point of why I started talking about this, which was the idea that like Priest and Everett is better, I can definitely see it. I can definitely see appreciating that match more. It's quicker, more concise. It's not like a ton faster, but you know, it was it was solid. It told like a snappier story and it was a, maybe a little bit more focused. So I can definitely see that. Either way, um I guess moving on from here, was there anything else you guys want to hit before we head out any other like big matches? I I probably would hit like miss a ton of lucha stuff or Maybe some Joshi things that you guys want to talk about before we go. Um, the Dragon Gate Corican show from February seventh has some good stuff on there. Specifically, the uh, Natural Vibes versus Zebrats, uh, ten man, uh, ten man tag is really good. Uh, so if you like, just want to see some cool Dragon Gate multi man shit, but like they've come to be known for, sure. that's them at their best. So you can go ahead and watch that. Um and from that, the start of oh. from like uh the last Rossi Stardom show, um, Sariano versus Starlight Kid I thought was very good and I liked May Sarah versus Hazuki a bit too. So outside of the stuff that we covered today, like that's probably like that's that's probably it. Like uh as far as stuff that stu- stuck out to me. Uh, but yeah. Did you say uh uh Makai versus uh? Kamatani, the main event, the wonder, the oh world oh, oh Micah versus Micah versus Kamatani yeah. sucked. That was terrible. You didn't like it? I thought that was bad. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't like. Right. I didn't. I didn't like it. But I'm also not very big on uh, not a very big Micah person as I'm as I'm as I'm learning with this title run. 
but okay. uh okay that's fair yeah um, uh, i thought the may sarah and hazuki and uh sorry yeah. versus starlight kid were both for it were both very good what do you think about the um the masked z thing because i, I like, like it as like a new version of dr muscle um well here's the thing that they unmasked him on the fucking yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but i couldn't figure out who the fuck it like i don't know who that was it's it's a rookie who no one even knows who the fuck he is. Was, it, was, yeah. like, was that the point? Or was just like yeah, it was like kind of a, it was meant to be just like a head games. We were fucking with you. It's nobody kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, but then Strong Machine J like left out all angry after the match, right. and Which I haven't been able to figure sense, out yeah. like I, I I haven't been able to figure out what that was about. So yeah. like, it's I'm still kind of. Like, I didn't. I didn't dislike the story. I thought it was gonna go somewhere else, and maybe it's just gonna be used as a vehicle, as a vehicle to turn Strong Machine J or something. But uh, I, I had no problem with. It. I thought I thought it was a fun story. But like I think ultimately yeah. it's gonna it's, it's being used to turn Strong Machine J. I think. I think that's what it is. But I just I liked the idea of Mask Z being like a new, like I said, a new version of Doctor Muscle, which is just like yeah. a masked gimmick that can show up every now and then as a surprise. And yeah. Maybe it's not the best way to establish that by doing it this way that's kind of goofy, but it's like, okay, you do it goofy first and then next time it pays off. Because I don't think Zebrats are going anywhere, right? Like, I think that's a pretty established stable at this uh, point. Even if, even if, even if people leave, I think that you could still do like a nucleus of Zebrats around Shun. Yeah, no, I think that, that that's for the most part. I mean, I can see maybe turning Shun within like the next year. Honestly, I can see I can see Shun turning back face. Uh, but we'll see. But we'll see because I feel like I think Kota Minora is gonna go full heel at some point. And okay. when he does, in my head, you want Kota Minora to like maybe you can have him like be there like as like the second in command instead of Akai, like. But eventually, I feel like Kota Minora is the one that like leads the unit or like leads a heel unit. I do think he's turning okay. at some point. Um. Oh, I guess one one more thing. Sure. Louis, uh, the the Madoka Kakuda, Dragon Daya, and Rayo Tanaka versus Monte Hia and Ultimo Dragon. I thought that was like really fun, but it's also really glaring how much better I felt about Monte watching this match than the Shun match. I don't know if you did. Did you watch this match, Tim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Monte looked fucking incredible here, and like that could be because like well, Dragon Daya and Ryo Tanaka. So like, but like, he he yeah. looks so good in this match. It feels that's his natural spot. That's my problem is I don't think he's like meant to be the top singles champion. I think he's really good in like a multi man or a tag team match. But 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 that's the thing is like that's where I first started noticing how good Monte had gotten was right, like right. was in tags. I was like, oh man, like every time Monte's yeah. in the ring, like it's, he's like really good. So yes. it was it was great, and I like that. Um, it looks if he like, can like, transition that energy, like that vibe, into the singles run, I he could be a great champion. But so, uh, we just have to. He he needs to do it. The yeah. next title challenger is uh, is Susamu. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm not excited about that. If I'm going to yeah, be perfectly dude. honest, I yeah, don't think I'm we're going to get sure a ton. About that. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. But uh, like now, we know who the next title challenger is. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, Joseph, not, did you have uh, anything? Yeah. Uh, 
Nah. <laughs> well, okay. Let's talk about this. Your your most recent match of the year <laughs> tracker match, uh, Kane versus one called Manders from. Uh, oh, it was X good. Or alive. It was good. It was solid. Did you watch? I liked... the... Yeah, Go I ahead. watched Adam Priest versus T.J. Crawford. Um, okay. I I wasn't in love with Crawford's performance. Uh, the the That's leg fair. stuff didn't entirely come together, but there were like small flashes. Of his that I liked, that I loved him grabbing Priest's arm outside and yanking him into the rope as like a transition move. I thought yeah. that was great. It was good. It was a good match. It wasn't bad, but yeah, Kane versus Manders was sort of surprising in why I liked it. You kind of look at that and you're like, oh, they're just gonna hit each other, and that's not what no. I liked from it. Yeah, I liked Alex Kane doing like big bruiser arm work, like he's yeah. not here finessing. And doing a bunch of holds, he's fucking punching Manders' arm, and that rules. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. When and, I when I see yeah. Kane and Manders, I think of like beefy grapplers because that's they're kind of both can do that. They're both like thick boys who can grapple. Yeah, I, Kane brought more of that, and yeah. Manders was doing a lot of selling on the arm, which was pretty good. Um, it sort of falls apart when they start doing like the good hand interference stuff, but not enough that I didn't okay. feel like praising it. I think it's worth seeing, and I thought it was one of my, I thought it was one of the better Alex Kane performances I've seen in a bit. Sure. Another match on the show that I would recommend people probably check out is Landon Hales versus Teriyaki. Um, both two guys who I'm very high on. I'm not going to say that either of these, like, I wouldn't say that this match is in my, like, uh, on my match of the year tracker or whatever, but definitely something that I would recommend. But something that I would mention for Quentin. Quentin, did you see that Action Wrestling has announced that they're bringing in uh, Mustafa Ali, Prince I Ali? I did see that. I did see that. And did you see that they teased that he's going to wrestle Landon Hale? That sounds very good. That does sound very good. That doesn't sounds, it? That Landon sounds Hale, like yeah. a perfect matchup for him, actually. Yeah. yeah. That now, sounds like, like the absolute perfect match. Yeah. Now, would I like I, I could they could they easily do like the fucking like dream match style thing and like try to do like fucking uh Priest. like Ali versus yeah. Priest or some shit? And I'd like yeah. I'd have been happy, I would have been happy with that, but like for what Ali has been doing, that is actually perfect. Yeah, I think that that's very sick. I'm excited to watch that match. But yeah, yeah, that's either that's, way. That's really good. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. I want to see that. Either way, um, yeah, violentpeople.co. Right, that's the website. Um, Violent Violentpeople.co. Um, Joseph. Before before we go, I oh. just want to say I've been watching a lot of older wrestling. Um, specifically specifically watching a lot of uh. Uh, Joshi and shoot style stuff and I want to go on record and make a public that Mayumi Ozaki and Aja Kong versus uh, Mego Satomura and Sonoko Kato from uh, 1999 I'm forgetting the exact fucking day but that one that's the match of the year from 1999 the nice. only acceptable <laughs> answers I will take a famously like, contestable year the, the only, like, <laughs> yeah you know look, there's actually some really like match wise, there's good stuff, but like wrestling yeah. the shit is like rough for that. It's an odd like, year. Yeah. The only acceptable answers are Tamora versus Yamamoto Yamamoto and um Akino and um Ayaka Hamada versus LCO. Those are the only acceptable answers. But I just wanted to go on record that uh Mayumi Ozaki 
also has the 1999 match of the year. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. On, on top of the that. 1992 match of the year as well. So she has a lot, a lot of match of the years. She probably has it in 1994 too. Huh. I'd have to think about that, but okay. <laughs> I do have to think about that one. I mean, I mean, 1994 Who's is the fucking big, um, that's the fucking big uh, Kawada Masawa. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I can name a hundred matches better than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at QC underscore Moody. You can follow uh, Joseph at uh, Joseph, Joseph Weirdness. Weirdness. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, and then the big egg. Dutch. <laughs> And what, what is it? Violent underscore people, right? Yes. Cool. Violent underscore people. Um, give give money to the big egg. Don't forget yes, about the big do egg. Do the yeah. do yeah. Also follow big egg and also be like me and find matches that Joseph would probably hate. Jesus and Christ! Donate and make him watch them. <laughs> and, and, and make and make and make him watch them. Fuck. Like, <laughs> oh so wait, I just remembered. So. <laughs> You guys saw how surprised I was that Master Wado Titan was number 25. Yes, of course. <laughs> Colette just paid to make me review it. Fuck yeah. Okay, that that's is... not a bad match, though. That's not fair. I, She's yeah, paying I'm not, to watch a good match. I'm not saying it's bad, but I had no intention in my spirit to ever see this match. And yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how you can use the commissions, folks. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm here's the thing: as I'm really genuinely sitting there thinking, what is the most infuriating match possible? Jesus Christ! That I can make. Don't. Just... Okay, this is the thing. You okay? You people, anyone listening to this, you have to look at the high water mark and remember that I set that shit. One hundred and fifty dollars, making Simon watch an entire year's worth of sorrow. Vinny Massaro matches. This is the <laughs> and, kind of thing that you have to look, do. That was fucking sick. That was don't sick tell people. Joseph, oh, watch this one stupid match. Okay, fine. No, no, no. Come up with a project <laughs> and oh, make him you. deal with something funny Jesus. that's a project. One match, whatever. I could pay you a couple bucks and make you watch, like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Rebel versus uh, Shelly Martinez. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. It's, no, 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 it's funny. Easy. It's bad. No, that, no. Yeah, that, no, that's too easy. That's too easy. No, no, no. Come up, with something, come, come up with something that's interesting. My Joseph, my friend, have you ever seen uh, Zach versus uh, Marty Skrull from High Stakes? <laughs> yes. I think oh, I actually, have. I think Jesus. I have, actually. No. That's a really good project because if you if you did it based on minutes, if you did every Zach versus Marty match, Jesus they Christ. have matches that go like over an hour. They had like, they, they, they had two forty minute ones in the same year. Yes. What the yes. fuck are you guys doing? You, what is if this? Someone made Joseph watch every Zach versus <laughs> Marty match. It would be so fucking long, and it would have so much dog shit. You could also Jesus do leaders Christ. of the new school tag team matches. If you did every match that was like Zach and Marty in the ring together as tag team partners or against each other, you could like, this would be like a thousand hours. Do not use your money to make me watch Marty Skrull matches. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> I'll do it, but don't do it is what I'm saying. Yeah, this is I the, will honor this the is deal. My point. This is my point, is that if you're going to do something interesting, if you're going to, like, make someone suffer, do something interesting. Oh, my God.
god. <laughs> so, so I, have, you, have, you, have you ever seen Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tommaso Ciampa in the Twin Three Falls match? I have Ooh. not, and I see how you people talk about that match. It's good. My it's friend. A good match. <laughs> my, my, my good friend. Yeah. <laughs> that way, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this more. Uh, you can, <laughs> thank you all for listening. We'll be here next time. I'm about to have with Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>